yeah, fly, in when, fly in whenever you want. Just want to say thanks, uh, everybody, for joining us. Um, really excited about Scott Fish. We're all in it. Uh, a lot of us are first timers, and uh, you know, Mark's uh, joining us from across the world. And Goat and uh, Jimmy, I know that it's uh, going to be a late night for us, but I think it's really fun. <laughs> and uh, we're also going to be, you know, one of the first groups out with uh, some kind of substantial kind of Scott Fish um, analysis and uh, content, which is really exciting as well. So I sent over uh, like a loose agenda, uh, but I thought, hey, this would be good for us just to kind of get on the same page. Um, I sent over the scoring. One thing uh, to preface it with, if you did dive into it, um, Ty, uh, he's just such a beauty, discovered that the uh, modeling that uh, Blake did was actually off for tight ends. They didn't factor in essentially the premium. So the, t the tight end scoring, if you guys were looking at that document, um, it doesn't make any sense, but the rest of it all holds true. So it's still good. All of those numbers check out, but the TE uh, scoring is, is out, um, hopefully be updated tomorrow. So just wanted to give everybody that kind of preface uh, with it. Um, so first I'll kick it off, um, inter introducing our guests uh, and, uh, and the crew here, and then we'll talk about what Scott Fishbill really is. Um, you know, it's a pretty impressive thing that Scott's built, um, nearly 10,000 applicants a year and only 1500 selected. So I feel pretty special to be here. We'll talk a little bit about the theme toys, talk about our divisions and, and some of the, the, um, celebs that, uh, we'll be playing with, uh, and I'm, I'm also playing with a celeb, uh, named goat district. So I'm pretty proud uh -huh. of that. Um, and then let's talk a little bit about charity and uh, whoever we're going to donate to. And then we'll jump into really what everybody cares about, right? It's the scoring format. So um, Trav is going to throw up on the screen what the scoring format kind of looks like, talk about roster construction, and then really get into why it's important. Um, I think the most topical and, and definitely what's come up the most in terms of the, QB, the, the QBR, I call it, kind of scoring uh, where um, there is a premium on uh, completions and definitely somebody like Jameis Winston from last season really, really goes down in this model. Um, so we'll talk about that and then we'll jump into uh, first down premium. Um, does that make a difference when we're drafting? Uh, and then of course, I think T premium, um, is this going to alter how, how we approach these drafts? And uh, the next kind of point is knowing that there's uh, no trading. Um, does that kind of change your strategy when you're drafting? And then uh, get into some more specific about our teams. What's what draft? What draft spot are we in? And uh, if you guys have a strategy that you want to share, I know that um, a lot of us are mocks and things like that, and feeling out the rooms. So uh, share as much as you want um, with that. And then let's talk a little bit about our teams' names. Kind of dissect that a little bit. If you guys have thought about it, now that most of the divisions are uh, seeding, and then we will um, then we'll jump into some some Twitter questions. And then wrap it up. How's that sound? Giddy up. Good. Beauty. Right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Nice. <laughs> Hope you guys yeah. don't mind. Love it. As long as I get one or two of them. As long as one or two of them come my way, JD. Yeah, exactly. I, I got a Dan and I are in pros versus Joe's right now. Not to like, I'm going to take this right off the rails right off the bat, but we're in, we, uh, we got invited as pros. Don't ask me why in this pros versus Joe's on FFPC. It's like a dynasty tournament thing that they're doing. So we had the one Oh nine. We're being offered two eleven and three Oh two for one Oh nine and five Oh nine. It's not bad. Two, two eleven. 
and 302 for 109. That's a steal. That's yeah, your value on there is pretty good. I think you're gonna you're gonna like it. You're getting an extra elite player, and you're sacrificing a player that is pretty questionable, especially if you end up using that pick on like a Todd Gurley or something. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet offer. They're nice when they come in yeah. easy. Yeah, totally. All right, you guys can resume now. Sorry to. Can, can you guys hear? Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, you, you sound, sound good, actually. Yeah, yeah, I'm sound good, bro. Sound really good. A little Canadian. How, how's mine? <clears throat> good. Less Canadian. I check, I check one too. Okay. All right. Well, if uh, if we're all ready, then uh, we'll kick it off. All right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in and joining this True North Fantasy Football video session to talk what everybody's talking about in the industry right now, and that's the Scott Fishbowl 10. I'm really excited to uh, have two special guests to join the True North Fantasy Football crew, but uh, let's uh, let's talk about who's joining us from uh, True North, and we've got the, uh, the godfather of uh, True North Fantasy Football himself, uh, Trav, and uh, we've got... The uh, stats master Ty joining us, and then uh, just down just down the road for me in uh, beautiful Niagara Country, Gold Jacket QB himself, Mister Jimmy Nastic, and then it is my pleasure to uh, bring two fantastic guys on, uh, super active in the community, and and veterans and guys that I look up to in this industry. Uh, we've got uh, Mark joining us actually from Shanghai. And then just up the road uh, from from me is uh, JD, the uh, the goat himself, and I'm super excited to have these two guys on. Not only because they're awesome contributors to fantasy communities and just stand up stand up individuals, but they've actually played in the Scott Fish Bowl. They've won divisions, and uh, they bring a few years of experience with us with them. So really happy to have them aboard. And um, yeah, guys, it's uh, it's an exciting time of year, isn't it? One hundred percent. Hey Mark. <laughs> hey Mark. All the way in uh, China. There is it. Shanghai noon or Shanghai night for you right now? Oh, I like the Shanghai noon thing. It's uh, who doesn't Shanghai love those noon. movies? Yeah, me and Jackie Chan hanging out. <laughs> right on. Right yeah. on. And uh, the you know for those of us that are join, joining that don't know what the Scott Fish Bowl is, it's a it's a very cool um, charity uh, fantasy football tournament, and it's the biggest in the world. So every year, um, and this year was about ten thousand applicants applied to uh, to join the Scott Fish Bowl, and this is the tenth year running. And and really, uh, Scott Fish, who created this, is really diligent and uh, and considerate of who he brings into this tournament and really what he's looking for is people that are contributing back to the community, whether that's whether that be through charity, uh, whether that be through great content and always lending a helping hand out there in the fantasy football community. And uh, his organization, Fantasy Cares, um, gives back to kids and, and buys toys for them. And um, really this year with the situation that uh, that we're currently in, um, Scott's just kind of asked, Hey, you know what, make a donation to whatever charity that, uh, that you can, and, uh, just do some good in your community because there's a lot of different things out there right now that, uh, that could need our help. So, um, Scott's, uh, tournament has always kind of pushed the boundaries in terms of some really cool rules, uh, some really neat roster constructions. It's just, uh, things that we don't see every single day. And that's really what we're going to, uh, to unpack today, um, with, uh, with our, with our session, 
um, with uh, with Mark and uh, and JD. Um, so this year, fifteen hundred um, fifteen hundred players will be in it. Um, guys, do you know how? Do you guys have you guys seen how many divisions that works out to? I guess I can do the math in my head, but uh, it's been a long day. I think I think it's one hundred and twenty divisions because I thought it was fourteen hundred and forty people. But yep. that might not factor in when Scott Fish, the saint of a human that he is, <laughs> decided to up that number uh, by adding some more leagues. So um, I can dig into that real quick as we go, Will, if you want to carry on and I'll touch back in on that. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other cool thing is that Scott makes this really fun um, by changing up the themes every year. Uh, last year was uh, classic video games, which was which was pretty cool. Um, but this year is something that's probably everybody everybody can relate to. And and that's toys. So um, all of those childhood toys that we played with, uh, My Little Pony, G.I. Joe, uh, Transformers, Hot Wheels, those things, all that kind of nostalgia that uh, that really, you know, ooh, ooh, connects ooh, us. There you go, Ty. Um, Scott, Scott kind of taps into that. So I uh, would love to hear, uh, uh, gentlemen, where uh, where are we sitting? What uh, what divisions are we in? And uh, who, are, who are some of the guys and girls that, uh, that you're playing against? I'll just uh, get I'll just get myself out of the way here, guys, and just mention that I have not been placed as of yet. Um, Mark, I was hoping in, hoping to get into the Hot Wheels division with you, my brother, but I just found out today on Twitter that uh, I did not get into Hot Wheels. So, needless to say, I'm anxiously awaiting where I'm going to be placed and who I'm going to be playing with. Um, yeah, so Mark, why don't you why don't you talk about the Hot Wheels division, brother? Yeah, well, I, I was thinking design primarily for my division, so. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go with the uh, the pet rock route. So, and, uh, <laughs> but I might have, yeah. So Hot Wheels always was always Neopet. I've always <laughs> I always grew up with Hot Wheels. Always loved them. Cool cars, all that kind of stuff. My kid, my kid, she's she's a my little daughter. She loves cars and um, and My Little Pony. But I went with Hot Wheels. And in my division, I just found out like everybody in my division, and I'm kind of talking some smack right now with Dominate. You know him? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. We had him on. And I have a little banter going on in the, on, in the Twitters right now. Just Beautiful. For, you know, he's good, and, dude. Uh, he's good. But the guy that I'm most worried about is uh, actually Mark Leopold. You know him? Mm -hmm. He's a uh, another um, rotor roto underworld guy. That's um, right. He was in the semis last year, and he was in the quarters the year before. So he's wow. Yeah, he can play. So some some formidable guys in my group. Not as many famous guys as normal. Like a couple of years ago, I was with in the same division as uh, Sigmund Bloom and Matt Kelly and Nate List in one. Ooh, one wow, God, group of death. Eight, yeah, and actually I. That was my one that I actually got out, made the playoffs, and they didn't. Not a guy. <laughs> and, not a guy. And then last year, which was I don't really want to talk about it, was terrible because I had the one on one and I went with uh, with Barkley and it just went terrible from there. Um, I was in um, Graham Barfield. Oh, so, killer! Who killer. who who happened to finish second last in the division, um, just ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> Right on, right on, Mark. All right, I'll I'll jump in here. So I was uh, last year was Mega Man. This is this will be my fourth Scott Fishbowl. First year, I don't even remember what the first year was. 
I don't remember. Um, but last year was Megman. One. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first. Yeah. No was, well, I guess it was. Yeah, I guess it was uh, seven, right? It was the first one I played in. So Mega Man for Scott Fishbowl 9, I finished tied for first, I guess, uh, 10 and 2. I had, who did I have in my, Andrew Fleischer from 4 from 4, Anthony Savino, Jake Seeley. It's funny, Jake Seeley is in oh. my division again this year. It's okay. two years in my division. And that then, guy is accurate. And then last year I had Jeff Lambert. This year I have his buddy, uh, Sear Foss, in yeah. my division with Will. See, I'm going up against the big shark here. It's, it's Harris time. <laughs> and uh, Curtis Patrick was in my division last year. And that's pretty – I don't – I don't. Uh, John Williams, I don't know. Not sure who that is. But, um, yeah, you know what? It was my best season. I've progressively gotten better every year. So, uh, you know, this year I'm hoping to kind of go even farther. We'll see how it goes. But it's all about fun, man. Like you said, it brings a community like – nothing else the charity aspect is awesome i do a ton of the eliminators with john bosch he organizes those so that's another way that you can give back to, to fantasy cares and draft like it, it doesn't hurt to draft right I, I i'm i do a ton of best balls but usually this time of year i slow those down and i just hit the uh the eliminators hard and you know start we start getting ready for the fishbowl and uh, there's so many different things going on, but there's different ways. Even even us Canadians have a, a few things going on. A bunch of leagues starting up, some best balls. Uh, Will's got a bunch of stuff he started up, and then uh, there's even some charity stuff that that I saw going around. So there's a lot going on in fantasy right now. Just you know, it's probably mostly the dynasty community, but I think just overall in fantasy, and and people are excited and hoping that sports do come back soon. And this is a way to kind of get into it, you know. While uh, while the players are not on the field yet. Hey, Will, um, I want to jump in there because I like what JD said about the stuff that you're working on. So why don't uh, why don't you take a minute and talk about the CNNB, the CNBBCL, uh, and just kind of let everybody know what that's all about because it's really that's really in the spirit of what the Scott Fishbowl is all about. And uh, I think it, you know it's remarkable work that you've done in pulling that together. So I want you to take a second and talk about that because it's awesome, my man. Yeah, absolutely. It's been super exciting and really only possible because of the support of everybody in this uh, in this room right now. So thanks to you guys. But uh, the Canadian National Best Ball uh, Champions League is uh, really the, the first of its kind in Canada. And I, what my goal was, was to bring together the best fantasy players in Canada. And I think that we're definitely on our way to getting them there. And it really just started off as uh, as a I thought maybe, hey, we'll be able to get 12 teams together. And then that kind of really filled up fast. And we got 16, uh, so one full conference. And uh, thanks to some of the great minds in here, we came up with a pretty killer Canadian uh, theme in the uh, Tragically Trailer Park. So two kind of iconic institutions in Canada, uh, the Tragically Hip and uh, the Trailer Park Boys. And everybody got really fired up and, uh, and behind that. And we are uh, 100% of uh, all the money that's raised is – it's a little bit different from your kind of typical pot take home. So each team is uh, is playing for a charity of their choice. So the winner's pot 
will uh, go towards that charity and then the uh, the rest of the entry fees will go to uh, KMH which is uh, which is really uh, really exciting and it's and it's fun to give back to the community and you know it started off with these 16 teams but now it's growing to uh, 32 so our first conference was the Gord Downey conference second conference is the uh, Jim Leahy conference and you know it's just so exciting to see how fired up everybody gets and so excited and it's just it's been amazing to see the um see the interest and people just constantly reaching me and you know what started off as uh, a little bit of covid boredom has has turned into something pretty big and talking to a few corporate sponsors to to get behind this and um, really support what we are doing and i think that we've really established a name for ourselves out there and i think that it will uh continue to grow and um i hope that uh i hope that it's one of us that's uh, crowned the first champ but at the end of the day, uh, like JD was saying, it's all about uh, for all about doing it for a good cause and having some laughs along the way. And you know, every single day, um, I, I definitely get a kick out of it. Throwing some tweets out there and um, quoting some uh, some tragic clip is never a bad thing. So yeah, Canadian National Best Ball Champions League. Uh, you can follow the hashtag. I'm pretty active on there. If you want to get involved, uh, please just you know um, send me a DM or however you want to get a hold of me and we'll make sure that you get involved in some capacity, whether that's, you know, a sponsorship or you want to be a player uh, more than happy to get involved, but just want to thank everybody for, for being, uh, you know, so involved with it. And uh, you know, I got to give uh, give a shout out to uh, my brother Minshew Brofist there and all the, all the work that he's done creatively too, to really give this thing some legs. So uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks. My, pleasure, my pleasure i've had a lot of fun designing for all you guys it's been a lot of fun yeah, yeah and a big shout out a big shout out to scott fish too like i think this is yeah what's so great about this whole concept is that it's completely trickled down and this is the kind of stuff people want to gravitate to like you hear a lot about twitter this is what we want to identify with the good you know and yeah. the example he's setting it just can't be understated that's what i respect the most about him it's one thing to make it to the top like a Stephen A. Smith. It's an entirely different thing and frankly far more rare these days for somebody to make it to the top with overwhelming good deeds and a non-agenda driven positive totally. uh, positive message and to that's exactly totally. what Scott Fish is. He's accomplished that. Yeah and Ty it's so so good you know that, that you put it that way so eloquently it's you know it's it's nice to see uh, people in, in the industry that don't have an agenda right? Like yeah. there's and no agenda here. Like you will, who are exactly the same. Uh, it instills that assertiveness to go out and do similar sure. good deeds. And that's the trickle down effect. That's how it's so hard to quantify how incredible what he's doing really is and how widespread it is. It's really incredible. Yeah. I always like meeting people who are unlike me because I always have an agenda. So <laughs> <laughs> the human fund. So you're given to the human fund, Mark. <laughs> 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 yep yep perfect perfect hey That's jimmy awesome. uh you 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 just got you just got seated recently right where uh what what uh toy division are you playing in oh yeah um so i let my daughters pick the division and the uh draft spot oh that's what i was and uh they went they went with their favorite toy which is uh the rubik's cube um, I quickly found out that I don't know what I'm doing with them. I still have one from 1984 unsolved and, uh, at least two guys in our division just, uh, posted videos of these guys solving them in like a minute. So, you know, I had to put my video up there of, uh, some smack talking with them. Me, uh, trying to solve a Rubik's cube, which 
to be honest, I don't know what I'm doing. So I just kind of chucked that and uh, <laughs> talked some smack for a bit on them. Uh, so you know those so, stickers off, eh, Jim? You can just switch the stickers. No, around. no, I got I got her a good one. You can't cheat them. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, so my oldest daughter picked the Rubik's Cube division, and my youngest daughter picked the nine spot. Uh, and I like the nine spot. I really do. I, I got a strategy developed. Uh, maybe we'll get into that later. Probably not a lot. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah. Me and, Travis, I saw, yeah. me and Travis. Sorry, Jimbo. Me and Travis don't have a draft position. Does everybody else have their draft position set? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, eight, I'm ready for Jimmy. Run them yeah, down then, boys. Whoever's got a draft position, I want to know where you guys are. All right. We can, we can, jump, we can jump into that. I'm at, I, I pick the turn. I'm at the 12 spot. Does that mean you get first waiver priority in Scott Fishbowl? I know that you asked me this, and I said yes, but I don't know. It goes by, <laughs> by uh, it goes by who puts in the the bid first, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. so it is fab. It is yeah. Fab. So I would I would as soon as you can, if there's you know yeah. that, that big uh, hot hot piece that people are after, you want to get on there quick to get it. Is it now? Is it a rolling waiver, or do they do they reset weekly? I think it's fab dollars, right? Yeah, uh, oh, it's fab. Yeah, it's blind bidding. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, I thought it might be old school because of the just but the sheer I'll, volume. I'll, I'll tell, you, tell you a little trick. A lot of people kind of give up on waivers or they forget about them pretty quickly. I found in the skip, I, I found it was pretty easy to get the guys I wanted. So that's a little tip. It might be different. I don't know because, but last year was pretty big and I found it was the same. Dropping you know $57 what? on uh, Trent Taylor. <laughs> 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 Pettis, Pettis is gonna be the hot. Oh, oh yeah, man! Pettis, Imagine uh, he comes back. Baby. My poor oh, throws everybody under the oh, bus. God. It's good thing. Uh, good thing Master J made me this nice artwork. I had to put away all my Debo artwork for uh, for a while. <laughs> Can I hop in there really quick? What's driving me nuts is that people are either freaking out or they're saying he's gonna be back for week one. And probably, you know, it's probably somewhere in the middle. But it's if Debo middle. Samuel was to miss time, everybody in the world. They will run the ball more. That is what will change. It won't be Brendan Ayuk season. It won't be this. It won't be that. The San Francisco 49ers will do what they did weeks one to seven, which was extremely successful, and they'll run the ball like crazy. They also have a really good tight end, I hear, in San Francisco. He oh, sets yeah. edges like a, yeah. like a rule on a draft table. Yes, yeah, Ross, Ross Duelli is pretty good. <laughs> same, same page, Mark. Same page, brother. <laughs> where's Garrett, where's Garrett Selicat? Another guy too. I can't remember his name, but they drafted somebody in the like seventh round or something as well. That's right. That's right. I can't remember either because the tight ends in the draft were awful. Yeah, another thing with Fab uh, to, 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 to add. Uh, usually, you know, quarterbacks went down last year like crazy. And a lot of people will blow all the fab. So this guy just um, spent all $100, I think it was what we got on. Yeah, it is 100 right? Uh, we'll blow it all on one guy. So they get eliminated pretty quickly. And, and I, I was more of the kind of uh, chipper. I would chip and kind of like weasel my way for like five bucks here, five bucks there. And that's how I kind of managed especially my first year when i didn't have a very good team and last year i just uh i just didn't have a very good team 
So for the guys, for the guys who have been in it already, do you guys treat it like two different seasons? Like, uh, you know, getting to the playoffs, is that your first priority and only priority entering the draft? Or are you mindful of the fact that, you know, you also have to win this separate tournament come playoff time. So you want to save some fab. How do you, how do you approach that? It's, it's actually very similar. If you play on the FFPC, just cause exactly. of shallow, there's 22 deep, right? It's very similar to the FFPC. Guys are not putting, you know, fifth or sixth, seventh round rookies on their rosters. Uh, you've got guys that you think are going to be in your lineup every week. And then you go to the waiver wire. But because, you know, there's it's very similar to FFPC. Like, there, there's redraft big tournaments. There's no trades. You're only dealing with the waiver wire twice a week on Wednesday and Fridays. And you have shallow rosters. So managing it is very similar. The tight end premium is very similar. It's, it's like a super flex version of it. Basically, so if you play on the FFPC, you I feel like you have an edge, and it took me the first year to figure that out. The first year I got one, my my first tip of the night is is well, there's two of them. So one is participate as much as you can. There's gonna be DMs on your draft spot, mm-hmm. one on your division, blowing it's, up, and you meet a bunch of people. Everybody's super excited, you know, once the draft starts. But one, my advice is this to people who are for the first time: don't get too caught up in what people are talking about strategy wise and who they picked. And cause you find out, you, you know, everybody's picking the same guy in the same spot and you, you, you go, you're going in with the plan. You're doing this for a reason. Cause you're good at fantasy, right? So just stick to what you're doing, participate in everything. But I'm just saying like, it's easy to get caught up. And I find you, you got to differentiate, man. There's like an MT, MTT in poker, you know, like it's a multiplayer tournament. You need to differentiate just like those FFPC half a million dollar tournaments. Like you to answer your question, Ty, you want to make it to the playoffs, and then obviously you got to have a plan for that. But tournament this big for me, I'm I just want to get there, and then I'll figure it out. Hey, JD, why don't you give us a goat for that one? <laughs> there it is. There it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, JD, I love, I love that. I love that analogy too to the FFPC. I think that's a great insight, and uh, I think it's uh, one one more division share as uh, JD was saying. Uh, I'm also in the Transformers uh, division, which is uh, super, super exciting. Like JD and I, literally, I was gonna bring him. I was gonna bring him coffee this morning. Social distance, safe, all that good <laughs> oh stuff. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> any, other day, any other day, you would have been here. Yeah, oh, I was yeah, to- here. Totally, but um, you know, I'm super excited. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons uh, you can get excited about this again is because of the toys and it brings back the nostalgia, but also just some of the crazy good design work that uh, people put <laughs> up here and uh, got to, got to give a shout out again to, to, to my boy, uh, <laughs> Mark, <laughs> Master, uh, Master J. Uh, he did both uh, goat and I's uh, headers. I don't know if we can throw them up there yeah. or throw one of them up there. There's uh, goats. So- Oh, look at, look at that, man. That's he, and he did it like in no time. Like that's what he, you know, I, one thing I love about, uh, you know, we talked about in the industry, people are willing to, to lend a hand and, and help each other and all that. But if you, if you like the creative side of, you know, Gabe does our intro music and our, you know, outro and all that. And guys like this doing this kind of art, it's unbelievable. The talent that's in this industry and people are not, like you said, there's no ulterior motive. You know, Master J is not sending me a bill for like, you know, 500 bucks here. Well, he might be, but I've offered, I've offered. But uh, (laughs) I mean, look, you want to reach out to these people and support them for what they do. But my point is this, is that there's a lot of talent 
in this industry take it take advantage not in a in a like a negative way take advantage of of what's available in a positive way so right now if you're in the fishbowl and you're listening to this you probably are so make sure you reach out to master j get yourself a a, a profile pick a background for the this scott fishbowl again it's just all about being you know participating and enjoying it and having fun with it absolutely and hey and Willie, then, I'll, I'll put yours up now my man yeah absolutely so um it's yeah. only fitting that um you know optimus prime goes to goat and then uh, we've got uh mapletron as uh, as my avatar here uh so we're going to be battling it out in the uh, scott fishpool division and super excited and i really really hope that a, that a canadian takes that one home uh, jd and uh mark again awesome awesome work on that and i think that the people um would love for us to to jump into hey what is what does the roster construction look like and uh what, what is the scoring format all about i mean we've kind of unearthed some uh some interesting things there's a lot of kind of mystique around this tournament and exactly how the scoring is and it's so funny you know uh we were talking about it earlier just all the twitter groups are going on and all the scuttlebutt in terms of what scoring is and what the roster construction is um, you know, I, I just wanted to, uh, confirm everything with, uh, with Scott fish before we kick this off and he, he, you know, confirmed everything for me. So what we're going to talk about tonight is a hundred percent what the, what the rules are, what the scoring format is. So let's start with, uh, with the roster construction. So it's 22 roster spots and you get 11 starters. You get one QB, one super flex, two RB, three wideouts, one tight end and three flex. So, uh, interesting rocks roster construction, I guess to JD's point is probably the closest FFPC, but with that, uh, with that, um, super flex option guys, is there anything that, uh, jumped out to you, uh, in terms of this roster construction, um, or anything that gets you kind of excited or, uh, any questions that you kind of had and had to work through as, uh, as you saw how these, uh, how these rosters are going to get built. Uh, like the first thing that really jumped out to me being the super flex is like, the, is like being aware of the bye weeks with uh, no, like no training, right? Like I've seen guy, I'm actually in a few leagues where, where guys think they're even set with, with three <clears throat> quarterbacks. I take a look and they're all on like uh, week 11 buys. I think like Daniel Jones, Kirk cousins is, is a, uh, is one of them or Kirk cousins and Ryan Tannehill, I think share, share the same bye week. Um, yeah, just like with no trading, it it, it really, I think you really got to stay, gotta stay on, top on top of the top bye weeks. It's very, it's very similar. It's very similar. To, um, I talked about FFPC. It's very similar to an FFPC best ball. Like the way you build your roster. Yeah, you you kind of have that back door with regards to the waivers, and you can pick up guys. But at the end of the day, if you if you build it similar to you, how you would uh, in a shallower best ball. Um, you know, they've got those 20-man slims in the FFPC. It's tight end premium. It'd be similar to something like that, but super flex. So if you have an idea of how you're building your rosters there, you can apply it here and be successful. That's what I did last year, and it worked worked really well. When I looked at my roster, um, I was heavy in on quarterback and running backs early. So I had guys like Mixon, Kamara, and Drake, who I, who I had in the first uh, four or five rounds. My – I – grabbed Deshaun Watson early and then a guy like Cousins because of the scoring and the advantage for those those uh, you know more accurate quarterbacks he was a guy I got pretty late but he finished high enough uh, he, I think he finished as a QB 11 or 12 in in, in this uh, scoring so 
And then my tight ends, nothing special. Vance McDonald didn't do anything. I literally had one guy, and it's the same guy I've been grabbing for the three years prior, and that's Austin Hooper. Ooh. So, you know, because the other guys I had were Ryan Griffin and Vance McDonald. So if you can hit on one, like for, for me, I'm either grabbing – and this was my strategy last year across the board. If I, can, if I can get one of those top guys early at a good value or in a good spot, I'll grab them, the top three or four guys. But – Otherwise, there's so many guys down there, like the Jarwins, the Janu, the Ian Thomases, the the Irv Smiths, like all those guys at the end. You get a couple of those guys and then throwing like a Sternberger on top and you hit on even one of them, you're good, you know? JD, I can't I can't take the Griffin slander, man. He was a top 15 tight end last year, brother. That that uh, that's just I like uh, I like Herndon for uh, for this year. Me too. Uh, are you guys are you guys talking about Ryan Griffin? Yeah, <laughs> you know it. I love you that. Is there anything, uh, Mark, that that jumps out to you? You've been you've you've got a couple of these under your belt. Uh, anything major in terms of roster construction here that jumps out to you, or any kind of insights that you can provide to some of uh, some of us uh, fishbowl virgins? Yeah, well, actually, I can I can share failure, which is you know, um, no, it's true. What else it's, can you learn from? Um, I'll tell you what happened last year. Last year, I was I was the 101, and um, and I was toying between uh, Barkley, Elliott, and CMC. And I, I in the end, I went L, um, Barkley, which you know uh, it went and didn't go well. <laughs> but I also, again, guys who were picking at the turn. I also I also went back in. <laughs> <laughs> story, story of my life um, and I went, I went quarterback early so again being at the turn and I've had this discussion with Will already um, sometimes you really control the game the, the drafting process by being at the turn and sometimes you don't and mm-hmm. it, it backfired for me actually when I was so I went to Barkley and then it came back to me and for the second and third I decided to go quarterback hoping that it would um, propel this quarterback run, and it didn't. And um, so, so be prepared if you're, you know, you're at the end to to assume that you go, uh, you double up on a on a on a position that that it's automatically going to spiral or have a domino effect. It might not, and if it doesn't, it's a little devastating. And of course, I picked Deshaun Watson, and. Um, Aaron Rodgers, and again, Aaron Rodgers had a really off year, and and so my my first three players, I, I'm sitting there with, you know, you know, probably the best at the time, but you, you have to be prepared for um, assuming that a lot of people base a lot of things on last year, and this is I think something that I've learned is yeah. you want to you want to try to predict what's going to happen this year, not. Yep fully rely on last year yeah, and so, which is probably why you didn't go cmc right last year i didn't go cmc yeah it actually to be honest with you he wasn't even in my conversation it was really between barkley and, and elliot um and of course that ended up being the wrong decision but um this is why i shy away from somebody like lamar jackson it's just it's just one of those things and the year that i did well my quarterback i drafted later so I'm still a big believer in, you know, going to my third year. So I've got the year of a pretty good team and a year of a bad team. I would 
if I can, wait on quarterback, but try to draft more than I need. So if I can get – because, again, quarterbacks is such a, a volatile position. A guy like, you know, the, the, the tops from last year might not be as good as they were last year. They might get hurt, et cetera. So I like to just pick up some – say four starting quarterbacks if possible, but not until, say, the seventh round. And I can start, like, picking up guys – if it's possible, I'm in. I'm in a mock right now, and it was possible. So, right. uh, again, it's only a mock. We can't judge everything by that, but it's possible. So, I, I would not draft quarterback early if I can help it. Um, and because the year that I did well, I ended up with Philip Rivers, and I can't even remember off the top of my head. <laughs> You're cutting out there pretty bad, Mark. The government I'm going to hop in. Can I, can I offer a point of view that I'm approaching this as somebody who's never played in Scott Fishbowl? I'd love to pick the brains of Mark and Mr. Goat. And then, Travis, you can relate because we do not have our draft position yet. <laughs> so I'm wondering for the guys who have played already, because I'm thinking draft position, it comes into play significantly, and that's because these drafts have very little data to go off with the scoring settings, and a super flex aspect always comes down to each individual draft, like the quarterback runs. They can come and go at any time in a super flex draft. Sometimes it'll start in round two. In other super flex leagues, that quarterback run might not start till round four or five. So I say draft position because if you pick in the middle, maybe you let the draft come to you more, allowing you to select quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends from the back of your tiers or whatever, but you can also start the run sometimes. Otherwise, I'm likely to come in and go in with a much more contrived plan. Like, I'm going to be Ziggy Marley while everyone else is zagging. Um, is that the way to approach it, do you think, Mr. Goat? Or what do you what do you think? Do you think draft position is going to play a big part? Or am I overthinking it? I, I was going to ask you guys if you know how to pull up the like who won last year, like to see the roster. Because I've tried every year, and I can never find it on the site. Because I'd yeah. love to. I mean, I know that I did well in my division last year, but, you know, I I think I went two or three rounds into the playoffs and then I got knocked out in the semis or something like that. But I, I never actually saw the the team that made it all the way. I will say no, this. I think I got that, it, guys. I can send it to you. No way. That's oh, uh, Gary's, right? Gary, Gary won it last year? Gary yeah. sent it to me. I'll send it to everybody. Like Gary yeah. IDP, Gary? Gary no, Hatto. Uh, Gary, Gary Hatto. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are people that go contrarian, they'll go receiver. Like there's a guy last year here that went, you know, Hopkins, Kittle, Cooper, and then Tyree kill. And then Lamar Jackson, he didn't hit his running back till the sixth round. I have no idea how he did. I think there's a, there's a million different ways you can draft. I, I do feel though, if you do miss out on those, let's say you do go total contrarian and you're hitting receivers early and then you go to tight end and your quarterbacks, I think that with the way this year is, I feel like you're behind um, when you're yeah. playing against other rosters on a weekly basis just because you, you need one of those top like 12 to 15, I don't know, like the third, fourth round. Like you want a couple. I feel like you want a couple. If I can start two running backs, and I don't like doing this. So it, it, having said this, talking both sides of my, of my mouth, you want to go in fluid, right? You want to take what falls to you and all that kind of stuff. But the ideal uh, draft, I feel like, is, is you know, getting a couple of running backs in the first three, maybe three in the first five, your two, you know, two quarterbacks. The receivers in this, this, the 
only thing they have here is you have to start three. That's mm-hmm. the only reason they have an importance. So there, there's no other advantage if you look at the scoring for the, the receptions and so on. No, so, not in your flex spot. There is zero no, advantage in that. Absolutely. So yeah. you can go, you can go late and often at, at receiver, you know, and, and have depth there and just play matchups and then just be maybe a little leaner at running back, but have guys that can get, that you can put in on a weekly basis. Yeah, I, I like that a lot because like the the wide receiver thing has got me thinking quite a bit about my strategies and the, and the fact that we have to do three flex along with that super flex spot. Um, you know, I think we're going to get into the scoring a little bit here, but as far as like roster build, I mean, I think tight end heavy might be a pretty good strategy as well if you can fill up those flex spots. Um, it's tricky because you leave your other positions uh, pretty thin and, you know, if you have to switch in or if you get any injuries, you're definitely a little bit light in, in at wide receiver or running back or whatnot not but i think there's some merit to taking a second or a third quality tight end maybe not early uh, but maybe within the first like 10 12 rounds if you can get two or three and a couple of those guys who can be solid flexes every week uh, i think the thing i love is that there's just so many different roster build uh potentials right there's so many different ways you can go uh, with the quarterback scoring and with the tight end scoring and of course the the half point ppr brings a different wrinkle in there as well um because i know ty and myself we usually base our our analysis off the ppr format so uh moving back to half ppr is definitely a different facet so uh, i just love the fact that it causes your brain to work in a bunch of different ways as far as how you're going to yeah. build this roster because you know you only get one shot a year at the fishbowl right so you want to do it right um so i know guys like us who are like die hard into it we're going to be racking our brains and and hoping that that draft falls but i think the biggest thing that jd said there is to just be fluid you can't um you know you can you can talk about maybe a couple different strategies that you want to go in but you always have to expect the worst uh because you really never know what could happen kind of like what mark said when you know you think that at the turn you've taken two quarterbacks is guaranteed going to start a run that makes other players fall to you isn't always going to happen so the unpredictability and uh, all the different options is what i'm super excited about as far as roster construction yeah great great point points guys i mean when it comes we can mock a hundred times but when it comes down to it and everybody's on the clock it's a completely completely different animal um trav i pulled up gary's roster if you just want to throw it on the overlay we can take a peek at it all together and you know there's some interesting things that pop to me i mean it looks like and again this also doesn't factor in this isn't the team he drafted necessarily right i don't know how you would get that but this is his final roster one thing that pops to me is that look at the look at the breakout tight end right um hitting hitting on uh on waller which, uh, you know, I definitely did in a bunch of leagues last year was a big difference maker when you when you had that locked in tight end uh, one, you know, at the back. He was going, what, 10th, 11th, 12th round, depending on when he drafted him. Uh, so really interesting. I also think, too, to, to a lot of the points that were made here early, oh, look at these QBs. They're all he won that QBs. league. He won that league with Ryan Tannehill. If you look at his quarterbacks, they were actually quarterbacks yeah. who we devalue in the scoring format. Josh Allen might be the quarterback in SFB 10 that I'm devaluing the most, to be honest. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you look at Ryan Tannehill, yeah, he's a guy who scored very well in this. And, you know, one thing that's going to go under the radar in this scoring setting is that it's six point passing touchdown uh, format. So that, that actually pumps up somebody like Ryan Tannehill, who had spectacular touchdown rate efficiency. Obviously, last year, people talk about. Lamar Jackson and the regression that's imminent with his touchdown rate, but Ryan Tannehill should be in that identical conversation because his was astronomical. Yeah. The other thing that I have to point out, and I wish that Mark was here so I could rub it in on him, is uh, <laughs> he, he did have CMC. <laughs> and, yeah, hashtag uh, and, CMC no matter what. 
Yeah, he had two powerhouses. Aaron Jones, though, right? Too, right? Yeah, Aaron Jones and CMC. Yeah, and then he also he locked himself hit. up with uh, Laddie Murray with the Saints with a lot of. I mean, it didn't really work out the best, but like Process he's locked to a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, right. Like, and he had MT too. Wow. And he actually hit Bo Scarborough had a, had a few uh, good fantasy weeks there. And we'll Jacob Hollister, Jacob Hollister, at the end of the year had a good good couple games totally. as well. So people to, were hating to, Mike Evans too. So like I, yeah, he's got my boy Darius Slate. Wide receiver ones on that team. Two yeah. wide receiver ones on that. Team. Not that I'm saying team. I really am devaluing pass catchers and even the tight end position, Trav, that you were mentioning. Like I think the way to go is the same as you always do. Uh, like in the FFPC, if you don't get an elite tight end, don't try and compensate with depth. Yeah, because that's usually a mistake. Yeah, so I no, think yeah, the other thing we talked about right is that he had that solid foundation of of running backs, pretty much all late round QBs. Like guarantee that Tannehill was on on waivers, right? Um, and then breakout tight end, and then wide receivers. He did have a pretty good core there, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, that they could lean on. Um, so why I think that's kind of perfect timing to actually look at what scoring looks like, and then kind of let's let's break that down a bit if everybody's ready for that. Yeah, yeah it, tell us how. Brian Tannehill could be the quarterback eight in in that scoring setting. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I think he would be the the eight, is, right? Is Mark coming back? So I think a couple things to really um, to really point out. We look at those uh, those very volatile quarterbacks that you know really helped Gary out last year in in the Jameis Winston's and Josh Allen's that you know they make uh, a lot of risky plays and. Um, you know, they do throw quite a few picks. Well, in uh, Scott Fishbowl 10, there's actually a, uh, a focus on kind of like I call it the QBR scoring where um, you get bonus points for completions and you're a 0.5 for um, every completion. And no, 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 sorry. Minus is it 0.5? Oh, you, you got it. Yeah. 0.5. It's, it's 0.5 a completion. And minus and, one for a uh, incompletion. So, an incompletion, uh, yeah. which is really interesting. Yeah. And then the next one that's really interesting is that there's – is it uh, for sacks? Yeah, here, Willie, you want me to go through it just because I have it on the yeah, big absolutely, screen? Here, absolutely, so, if, you, um, if you can, man. Yeah, absolutely. So passing touchdowns, six points. Um, passing yards, 0.04 for each yard. That's standard. Uh, completions are a half point, and incompletions are a negative one point. Interceptions thrown are minus four. Um, interceptions thrown for a pick six are minus two. A sack is minus one. Um, and two pointers are two. So that's the, that's the quarterback scoring. And I can kind of, I can pull it up on the screen here as well. Ready your offensive line. Yeah. It's all about those teams with, with the good O line, right. And high efficiency passing. And I also start to think about, you know, those lower volume passing attack, um, attacks that are, you know, um, more more effective more efficient you know a guy like russell wilson who is good for fantasy purpose anyways does he become that much more valuable in this format and then you've got you know these the the later round guys that the the ryan Tannehill hate is real out there and i just don't get it i mean his team stayed largely intact and um you know he put up qb qb5 uh tana scrolls tanny scrolls baby baby you know, he did put up weeks of uh, of top five quarterback numbers and nothing has changed there. Uh, you know, you, we've all seen the uh, body shots of uh, of A.J. Brown uh, that, that surfaced last week. I think that he's he's in the best shape of his life like everybody is. But, you know, the weapons are there for Tannehill. And I think that 
you know, AJB takes another step forward and uh, Johnny who takes another step forward as well. And Hey, maybe um, it's the season of Corey Davis. So guys like oh. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super interested in, and uh, I don't get the slide. So I'm looking at, you know, that, that kind of scoring and definitely those, uh, those efficient passers with the good O-lines. I think that's another one too, right? Is that let's look at the teams with the good O-lines because um it, what really surprised me actually w- was just how uh, good Watson still was when you overlaid the 2020 Scott Fishbowl scoring on the 2019 stats. Man, oh man, that guy is just a phenomenal talent. But, you know, I know that the O-line has taken strides forward, but man, he gets sacked a lot, but he still put up, still put up the points. So you kind of change the lens on quarterbacks, but I think that you look at, Hey, is this a good quarterback? Does it, do, do they have a good O-line? Okay. This is probably somebody that I want on my team. Well, I'm not going to like having you in my um, division. Cause see the first name, <laughs> first name literally on my little list here that I wrote it says yeah. Tannehill right there. Yeah. Yeah, man. I agree. <laughs> I, he's so he's one third round. He's uh, He's yeah. on my list too. <laughs> well, I love the handwritten notes. Boys. I mean, That's you look awesome. at this guy. You look at this guy's stats from last year. True passer rating. He was QB one. True completion percentage. He was a QB six. Play action completion percentage. He was a Q, or the QB one. Red zone. And that ain't going anywhere. QB six. Clean pocket completion percentage. He was the QB four. Pressured completion percentage. He was QB six. So he's top six in everything. The difference is, and Chris Sims uh, says it, said it on his podcast, he's doing like a quarterback countdown, and he ranked Tannehill ahead of Murray at 11. And he, he was comparing uh, Tannehill's situation in Miami to – I'm a big Peyton Manning guy. Peyton Manning made me love football like as much as I do because I followed him from you know day one to, to now, and I'm a huge, huge Colts fan because of it, and I'm a huge football fan because of it. But he – he when he was in Denver, it wasn't the same Peyton Manning, right? It, it was like short game, very controlled, uh, high precision game, efficient offense. Those deep shots, those scheme deep shots you're talking about. But but look at what and, and then look at what Tannehill did in Miami, right? He wasn't really being used the same way he is now, and he and he didn't have the same defense, the same weapons that that Manning had. So now he's got some of those weapons. You mentioned AJB. You mentioned you know now John who's coming up. Henry's there as one of the best running backs in the in the league. They've got the offensive line. Their defense is legit. So you know, Tannehill for me is a guy that people are kind of sleeping on, thinking, oh, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna come back and he's not gonna be as good this year. But I, I, I agree with you guys, and I think that this is one of those tournaments where if you can get a guy like that at a value, you you get an advantage. So again, totally. wish I didn't have Will in my uh, in my division on that turn. <laughs> if you were to look at those two guys in the Scott Fishbowl 10 scoring settings, he would have outscored Kyler Murray by four points per game. That is an entirely wow. different tier of quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's an advantage. I think the craziest thing is we are devaluing the attributes we chase in a fantasy quarterback. It's really weird. Like the mobility rushing upside. We have to detach Good from that point. obsession because the scoring in, in Scott Fishbowl comes with like severe penalties. Like we were saying for turnovers, it, it kind of, what, what I think is we want to avoid quarterbacks who are going to take 40 sacks this year, you know, and for instance, Arizona was close to allowing 40 sacks last year, but Kyler Murray's one of those quarterbacks who was deemed to be responsible for over 20 sacks, you know, by himself last year. And, you know, that six point per passing touchdown that does factor into guys like Josh Allen, big time guys like Kyler Murray, you know, so it's wild that some of our targets and other fantasy leagues, they're fighting a few battles in this format. And the big emphasis for me, obviously, will be placed on accuracy. 
And yeah, like you said, J, uh, JD, efficiency. And I love some of those stats you pulled, like the play action uh, from a clean pocket. Those are the quarterbacks who are good. And you can say, okay, it was just Adam Gase is that horrible of a coach to be attached to. You know <laughs> what I mean? And outside of that, he is a good quarterback. So I, I love the Tannehill call. I think he does kind of uh, occupy that tier of quarterbacks. Like I hate to even say this out of my mouth, but Derek Carr, guys like mm-hmm. that, you have to push them up whether we like them or not. So here's a here's a question since we're talking about uh, efficient quarterbacks. How early does Drew Brees go? <laughs> late first. Late first, I think. So just real quick, boys. Drew Brees was the quarterback 21 in uh, regular formats in 2019, and he bumps up to the quarterback six. In, uh, in SFBX. So I think uh, kind of like Ty said, like it devalues a lot of those things that we chase in quarterbacks. Another thing that it, it maybe not quite as much as the sacks, but it devalues the volume a little bit as well, because higher volume probably means uh, more incompletions, right? And that's minus one point for every incompletion. So it's not, it's not a sack or an interception, but, and I'm not going to not draft these guys who are high volume passers, but it just makes you think and gives you a little bit of pause on taking those guys super early because you can get um, like a Drew obviously Drew Brees is probably going to go a little bit higher when when the drafts come come about but I think those guys like like Ty said yeah. Derek Carr Kirk Cousins he was the quarterback nine yeah. in SFBX was for him. Well, if I could just hop in I are think you sure every, Brees was six yeah I thought he was two I thought he was I two. thought he was two in yeah, I, thought, I thought Maddie Stafford was Gotcha. Oh, points okay. for games too, yeah. If sense. I could just hop in, uh, I yeah. think Drew Brees encapsulates everything That's all of us are talking about. He that, has yeah. the offensive line. He has the scheme on offense. He has the coaching. He has it all. Drew Brees is accurate as anybody in the whole world. So, Ty, Ty, though, where are you taking him? Uh, I'll take Drew Brees in the first round, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really loading up on quarterbacks and running backs unless I can get an elite tight end. I'll deviate, but I'm really – I'm, in best balls, I've gone running back, running back this year all the time. There's so much volatility with the wide receiver position as it is with the turnover inside the top 12, top 24. You just need to make sure you're not going too far before you add a Kenny Galladay, a DJ Moore. These guys need to be yeah. added in round three, four, you five. You, you gotta just got to your... hammer them. No, I actually uh, I had a question for JD there where, where uh, you know, he said he, he kind of felt like you're playing behind the eight ball if you're not grabbing your uh, running back early, but – I wanted to ask him, like, from the nine spot, I'm actually kind of considering possibly doing a Drew Brees and uh, if he falls, uh, Travis Kelsey uh, 1-2 with that scoring format. And um, I just want to know his thoughts on, like, does he think it's going to be that big of a disadvantage if if you can hit a guy like David Montgomery who's going to hit, like, 250, 225 uh, uh, touches, touches on the year? Right, like, no, not, um, not at all. I, th- I think it's deep enough that you like Montgomery's not gonna, you know, it's not necessarily on talent, but just on volume. That guy's gonna, he's a guy you can start every week, right? So if you, it's, it's, you could go either way. It, you just talk about Kenny G. I was on Dynasty Warzone, and Kenny G, we talked about, is like the perfect guy that if you start heavy running back, you grab him in the fourth, and you just, you've got yourself your wide receiver one, right? So similar here, man, whether it's, whether you go running back early, wide receiver really you can always anchor it by grabbing one of those guys in the third or fourth it just depends on how you want to build your roster i know me specifically with all the drafting i've done this offseason i've kind of you know and that's why i keep trying to tell people like best balls 
there's a there's a reason people do best balls and the people who do best balls are the best at building rosters you know i'll 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 put that up against anything man that's just that's a fact i i see it i see it with people that i play against it you just learn how to build a roster and you build you learn how to build it based on the adp right it's not just yeah. based on in your head like you know I wanna, how the draft's gonna fall yeah it's realistic it's based on things that you can actually do that you can quantify and value that you find in drafts so you know, you can build your rosters different ways. And I, I don't mind that, Jim, if you start with with a, a quarterback and a tight end. I was going to say even when, when Trav talked about, like, I was huge on the ends. I always wanted the ends. Before last year, I would say I always wanted to be either in the 12 spot, the one spot. I love grabbing two guys at once and trying to control the draft. Now I'm more like I want to be more in the middle because I feel like I can – I'm never going to get caught that way. Mm-hmm. And I can I can kind of play my way through. I, I, I got to be honest, like I really don't care what spot I'm in at the end of the day in a draft. I feel like I can figure it out. But you guys were talking about like being on the turn for Will and not that I want to help my my big opponent, my uh, Maple Tron over here. But y- you talked about the tight ends. Like if someone on the turn wanted to start tight end, tight end, if he wants to go like Kelsey Kittle or oh. Kittle Andrews or something, that's a way where you just gained an advantage. You mm-hmm. went from being the last guy to pick to a you're st- you're making people nervous about tight end cuz some people get really nervous when they see, you know, something like that go early. And two, you just buy your- you never have to touch that position again for the rest of the draft. Now you can look Locked at in. other positions that are going to drops. Yeah. And so that's grabbing that- value. I love that play cuz you're grabbing value when everyone else is hammering tight end rounds like 7 to 11. Exactly. There. Exactly. I love that. And you're going to scare the boots off of people. I want to ask I actually you a question cuz I love Sorry, I really want to ask this, Jimbo, before I forget, because it was such a great point you made. Um, We are, and Travis made the point earlier about quarterback, how we're devaluing volume a little bit, and I totally agree with that. But are we pumping volume up at the running back position because of point per first down and because of the devaluation of anybody who catches passes whatsoever, whether it's, you know, Tariq Cohen or whoever, uh, is David Montgomery kind of one of those guys you guys are really pushing up and makes for a perfect guy? I I I think uh, well I know I am but like I said I think he's getting kind of shit on a little bit uh, like he's I he's a running back that's gonna get like two he's gonna get like two hundred carries right like in in this offense like two fifty probably yeah, yeah probably two fifty like I said originally two fifty but like like honestly like two twenty five uh two thirty two fifty is pretty high but like he's locked in the volume and. Uh, He's a guy that I'll definitely grab. Like that's why I'm kind of considering um, with the nine spot. I think it's actually a perfect spot to maybe even grab Kelsey at the 109 and Drew Brees hitting coming back, depending on either way. But like those two guys are, are I think, deadly with with the positional value, and then I can go uh, like like you guys are saying with, with value later on in the rounds. And guys are kind of scrambling for tight ends, and uh, David Montgomery's high high on. on on the list actually David Montgomery, but I know it's kind of risky, but Todd Gurley's another one because I don't really see um, the true competition uh, behind him. And I well, know I think that you get scary, a little bit. But... Yeah. I think you get some high variance with David Montgomery, like career arc wise, like David Montgomery yeah. did have that breakout. I think the high variance Todd Gurley would experience is his knee fucking blows out. Yeah. But, but Todd Gurley is another guy like I'll grab because I mean, mm-hmm. that we're fuck, pushing up this you're, format. You're, you're, you're telling me you can't grab like uh, Brian Hill or Kadri Olison or whoever you're going to deem to be the RB two behind him. That's going to be a knee swallow away. I'm telling you, you can't do that. I can't. 
I'm saying we, should. we shouldn't do, yeah, we shouldn't do I, know, I know what you're saying. I'm I kidding. I'm kidding. We should be grabbing all the running backs. I'm planning to occupy <laughs> all my flex spots with running back. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm actually, so I'm kidding. in a, you're right. You're right, Jimbo. I'm kind of in a league and uh, with the tight end premium, that's kind of similar to Scott fish scoring. And uh, um, I got kind of lucky. Actually, I do have a, a Kittle. Actually, I got, it's three, Super or it's three flex positions that you can do the tight ends with one tight end that you have to start. And I have uh Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, Hooper, and Ooh, who's the other one? Yeah, I got I got a lot wow. of them, man. Like I have no idea. Is this how it is ended up happening? You're in with you and your daughter and your other daughter? Is this <laughs> oh, no. man, hey man? Wow. This is this is <laughs> hey, and ready for this? The R, the RB one on the team, CMC. <laughs> I just want to hop in really quick because I want to know your guys' thoughts on occupying your flex spot and where you're going to do it because I want to lay this out last year if you were to take all the Scott Fishbowl 10 scoring settings we would have had 17 quarterbacks and 17 running backs score 15 points per game uh, throughout the season we would have had less than five running uh, wide receivers and less than five tight ends do the same so does that worry you guys about points per game, or do you guys think that maybe it was just a really down season at the wide receiver position? I think it definitely was a down down season at the wide receiver position. Ty, you've actually laid that out pretty good on some of our past pod episodes mm-hmm. that um, wide receiver scoring is actually down. And I think um, the fact that it's just a half point per uh, per reception for them, it, it's going to be down a little bit more. So I liked what you said there, Ty, in that you're going to want to hammer, you know, starting caliber running backs at those at those positions. Or like for me, honestly, with the extra half point for a first down, um, some of these upside tight ends, I think, could be legitimate flex options, especially with the full point PPR compared to the half point for the wide receivers, as well as the half point for those um, low snap volume pass catching running backs is right. Like behind David Montgomery is Tariq Cohen. um, But I mean, he's not full PPR, so he does have a little bit less value than the format that say I usually play in. Um, So it's, it's going to be really interesting to fill with those running backs and, and kind of what types of running backs you're doing it with. Um, Or even if you're doing that, go, what, what's your stance on that with the three flexes there and how you plan on filling them yeah again because you're shallow elite shallower leagues i'm kind of taking the same approach i do in the ffpc where i'm going uh top heavy and slim at receiver so because there's there's three spots i probably want like five guys four of them are probably wide receiver one wide receiver two at worst because those guys are going to get pushed down that's the thing right a it's deep those tiers are a lot wider this year at, at wide receiver position versus in the past. So you can get yourself like some, you know, three or four wide receiver twos or, or wide receiver one and like whatever, three or four wide receiver twos to fill the other two spots. Where Whereas the, the running back, it gets pretty shaky. So if, if you do go with that aspect, you balance it out nicely. So if you're tight and slim and, and top heavy at receiver, the depth that you have at running back because of the nature of the position and being able to know on a weekly basis who's going to start, you know, guy, this guy got hurt. So now Boston Scott is now starting or whoever you got, Chase Edmonds that you picked don't, up. Don't say screen. that, Goat. Don't, don't put that on that. Miles Sanders. No. Yeah. <laughs> I got 30% ownership, bud. Like, that's, that's my boy, Goat. That's, that's my boy. <laughs> I'm not hey, guys. Anyway, man, but Eckler, on, Eckler, how'd, you get how'd you get Eckler last year and, and win your league? That's I had Eckler in like most of my leagues last year because he was one of those guys you got late 
added mm-hmm. depth at your running back position. You knew when he was going to start. And when he went off, you had a starter every week where it's harder to get that at receiver. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how I like to build my, my roster. And I don't see it any different here in this tournament. Yeah, I think so that gonna... um, I think that flexing out wide receivers just because it's such a volatile position is, you know, it's it's risking uh, a lot, right? Where as in a running back, um, you know, you fill up your two running back spots. And if you have two other starters that are in the flex spot, you can at least bank on a floor play, right? Given their roles and their specific offenses. And, you know, I also, we already talked a little bit about that wide receiver depth, but we're coming off of probably, you know, one of the most productive rookie wide receiver seasons that we've seen. And I think it's like the last 25 years or something like that, right? You uh, couple that with uh, an elite wide receiver class coming in. What does that do to the value of incumbent wide receivers? It should just push it back. Right. Um, And that's why it really resonated from, what uh, what you guys were saying earlier about hammering those tight ends early, uh, that can cause some real panic. When Kittle and uh, Kelsey go off the board that early, everybody starts to think, okay, well, those guys are off the board. I don't have that reliable tight end because outside of those two, I don't, you know, tell me who's a reliable tight end that you can bank on X amount of points. Uh, you know, let's say it, call it 15 points in the tight end premium scoring. Who else is there? There's literally nobody so you know causing that tight end run to go earlier um can really push that wide receiver value back like when you can grab you know the deontay johnson's the slayton's the jones um christian kirk's of the world later on i mean give me give me that yeah they're a bit more volatile but hey i'm gonna have that locked in tight end running back position early that i can bank on every single week and know that they're reliable starters and i can hit on those big weeks of you know, some of those more volatile guys, right? Like the Slaytons and the, and the Kirks that can go off for a, for a massive week. And and Jim was talking about earlier, like trying to take two quarterbacks there on that turn and and it not having an effect that first year where I did not do as well. I I was kind of following the herd. That's kind of what I tried to do. I tried to pick off two. I remember it was like Mariota and cars and me like that on the two third turn on the two three turn i think that's what it was or something like that where i was trying to grab two because i figured if i get people nervous it'll push things down and it just didn't happen and i just remember the rest of that draft i was kind of chasing it so i think uh, jim hit it on the head with don't like if you if you're not there with quarterback don't chase after it because then you're just fi- it's the same thing with running back right and that's why yeah. i'm using the tight end as Both the pivot Right, because it, then you're just ch- you're behind everyone else. If you're just mm-hmm. chasing what everyone else, you got to figure depth, out a way to differentiate from what's going on. Yeah, and depth now, isn't always going to give you fantasy points. Like people mistake, uh, you know, having a Cole Beasley and another PPR useless bum giving you ten PPR points isn't the same as somebody who can plug in giving you fifteen points. You know, no, mm-hmm. totally. And, and no. just uh, I wanna I wanna do this before I forget. So in the Scott Fishbowl ten scoring settings, if you look at the wide receiver. 13 to 24. So exactly the wide receiver two bracket from last year under these scoring settings from this year, they are within one point per game of each other. Mm-hmm. So wow, you just need to make wild. sure. Yeah. You just need to make sure you're hammering a bunch of those guys. You know what I mean? That's how you right. fill your wide receiver room in a tournament like this, I think. Totally. And, and, and that's kind of the perfect uh, kind of segue into, you know, we, we've broken down the QB kind of outliers I'm wondering from from what you guys are seeing right now, was there somebody with the settings? Uh, and again, I mean, we're drafting for for 2020 and what those players are going to do that year. And sometimes, if we if we're looking back, we're going to get burnt. But I'm still curious: was there some outliers in terms of those 
um, running backs and wide receivers that with the Scott Fishbowl 10 settings kind of jumped out to you and said, wow, this, you know, they, they got a ton of first downs. It's a little bit, they're a lot more higher in the scoring settings than what I expected. I'd love to hear uh, Jimmy, if there was any of those players that kind of popped for you. Um, well, with the, with the running back, not so much, but um, talking about running backs, so I did, I did actually want to ask a quick question there. Um, as JD brought up, like, you can win with late round guys, like he said last year. Eckler was one. Uh, two years before that, it was actually James Conner. Um, I I have a question, and it's how early are you drafting a guy like uh, Alexander Madison with the potential of the Dalvin Cook holdout, and how early are you willing to grab Cook uh, as your running back there? I, I'm going to call Madison. Madison as, I'm going to. I might. I might get burned on this, but I my gut. And my gut just just does not prove me wrong. Often, I feel like Madison is this year's trap. I think people are going to invest too much in Madison. I think he's going to be this year's Henderson. Uh, from <laughs> Did you forget what happened last year when Cook was out for two games? Like Look, my boy, my boy is running back to own. Boone. Just went from six to midnight. Boone season, man. Exactly. Madison, man, I just don't see it with Madison. Just look at his stats last year. How many RB one or RB two? Uh, production games that he show you when Cooks was wasn't playing when Dalvin wasn't on the field he doesn't catch the ball as much like I don't know I just I think people are just kind of fitting him in and putting him in as the replacement and think he's going to be Dalvin Cook and I think that could be a mistake this year that's yeah. just my my approach on the situation I, I, I think Jimbo was on the right track like I think we should be compiling backup running backs mm-hmm. like Chase Edmonds these guys were pushing up our board significantly in the one, format. Though. But uh, I, I totally agree with Alexander Madison. He might have been the least efficient running back in the red zone, touchdown rate, everything you can look at. And it's not supernatural. It's because Dalvin Cook's used in the high leverage situations because he's much better. And I, guys, I get, I get what, where everyone's coming from. But if you're worried about Dalvin Cook from a, con, from a contractual standpoint, you should be worried about like a, a dozen other guys too. Like, you know, Joe worries. Mixon and all these guys. Well, like, I'm man. not. I just... I just kind of curious on where you think they're going to get pushed up on the boards. Like I, I, I have I'm Madison as a as a late round guy where I've I've had him before. Like this holdout situation came up, and I'm telling you, I'm selling them as as fast as I'm going to get a, as soon as I get a decent offer. Right sure now, I'm unloading them. I think uh, for me, the big factor in what Ty's saying about the backup running backs and and stacking those guys is that we can't make trades, right? So uh, yeah, not so only take all the Patriots backs, yeah, yeah. Not only do we yeah. want to handcuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ty, that didn't work last year, man. Did not work. <laughs> it did every year before it, though. <laughs> so true. So true. James. It's kind of like what Jimbo was saying about Latavius Murray. Like it's process over results. Latavius Murray's a guy I will move significantly up because we're devaluing pass catching. We're you know pushing up the 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 guys who can be that high variance player who can come in and just blow up in this format. And that guy Latavius Murray's like the perfect guy because you you yeah. look at who who were really big payoffs in this format. It was guys like Raheem Mostert, and Raheem Mostert got like no passing work. It was all touchdowns and rushing production. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, brother, brother Mo is always a always a good story. I guess the the next thing, and and Trav started to uh, to talk about it was because there is no um, there is no in season training, and I know Jimmy loves loves the in season trading. Um, <laughs> wanted to uh, flip it over to uh, to the vet JD that's been through this a few times. Does that kind of alter how you're tackling this? 
No, again, because we play FFPC, those all those big tournaments, the football guys, the the main event, all that. There's no trading in them. It's just waiver wires every week. So you kind of get again. It's kind of like you're mixing the best ball aspect where you can't trade. So you learn to build your roster, knowing that in the back of your head that you're not going to be able to move certain players to to fill the holes. Right? You're playing the waiver wire. The, the thing you have to look out for, and this is my tip to, uh, we, I'm in a bunch of DMs, but somebody was asking the other day about like, you know, it's, they're just starting out in Dynasty on the FFPC. And even in redraft, like I just look at the Football Guys Championship, which is similar to the Scott Fishbowl in the sense that it's a redraft, shallow leagues, big, t- big volume tournament, a lot of people in it. And Early playoffs. I, yeah, exactly. And I, I won my division or I won my league three years in my first three years in the, the football guys championships. And it was always because I just hit hard on the waiver wire because I hit I hit hard on OBJ as a rookie. I hit hard on Juju as a rookie. And these guys were getting dropped on, off of rosters just because impatient owners were dropping them. And I'd pick them up. And the last half of the season, I had a guy like OBJ in my flex or a guy like Juju in my flex. So I would just say keep an eye on the waivers because, like I said earlier, people give up on it pretty easy. You know, once they're down or have a a losing record, they kind of lose interest or I don't know what it is. But I found all three years that I've been able to get guys on waivers pretty easily and uh, but don't depend on it. Like build this roster like a like a best ball and then use the waiver as that you're going to be able to plug like two or three holes max with the waiver wire. No, I, I love that. I'd love to hear, uh, Trav, just kind of what your mindset is uh, in terms of coming into uh, to drafts, knowing that you you can trade and really your team is your team other than uh, than your fab budget and uh, waivers. Yeah, well, I, I kind of alluded to it a bit earlier. Just I think it, it raises the importance of. Uh, for me, handcuffing my studs, especially at running back, I'm I'm going to be hammering those those uh, handcuffs, and I'm I might even reach a little bit depending on my draft slot. Just because if I I don't know what my draft slot is because I'm not placed yet. <laughs> um, but <laughs> if uh, you know. W- depending on where my draft slot is, I might have to reach a little bit for those guys. And if I'm getting like a, a Barkley at say 102, or if I get the 101 and I get CMC, um, I, I don't necessarily know who the handcuff is there, but if it defines itself, I'm hammering that guy because if something goes down to that stud running back, it could tank your whole team. Whereas if you get the guy that's backing him up, you may at least get, um, you know, adequate production out of that guy. And uh, I know that the rosters are a little bit more shallow as well, but um, the, the backup tight or the backup quarterbacks like a Tannehill from last year. Um, if, if you get maybe a little bit light on the, uh, on the starters, uh, you might want to grab a couple of those guys. Like, like I think of uh, Derek Carr, we were talking about, if I'm getting Derek Carr, I'm probably going to try and get Marcus Mariota because you know, that leash could be a little bit short and I know it does hold up another roster spot, but I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of important to make sure you have contingency plans because uh, you're not going to be able to find a whole ton on those waiver wires. Yeah, because yeah. you think you think about it too, right? Like you think about Mariota. I think that he will probably get drafted, no doubt, and I doubt that he'll hit hit he waivers. Be. I um, think he's going to get meaningful starts this year, man. Well, and, I think, and I think that's, so. that's I, the I think, type of guy so. who one hundred percent of somebody's fab gets spent. On Jimmy him. doesn't like. Jimmy doesn't like. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. No, I like, do. Hey, like you, you. That's why it's uh, probably beneficial to pick someone up like that. 
in your draft because mm-hmm. as soon as that hits waiver, someone's someone that doesn't have a quarterback is going to blow their mind. And then too, just maybe a game theory thing too is if somebody has Fab and they want to prevent you from you know uh, being successful within the division, they could throw all their Fab on and just sits on the <laughs> bench, right? So I think having that yeah. locked up and especially on the running back side too, and on exactly. the uh, on the uh, QB side too. Hey man, you don't want to be paying out of your um, you don't want to be paying out of your nose for for those uh, for those waiver wire pickups. But Jimmy, man, I got to hear from you because you are the master of the deal. So how how are so, you about it, man? Um, it's I to be honest, man. Like looking at these scoring settings and uh, roster construction, it kind of favors. It feels like a, a championship roster is the way I kind of build. I uh, would build it like looking at the QBs. Oh man, there's uh there's four of them that I really like, and I say four because it's two sets of two that have two bye weeks. Um, but even then, I feel like you can get two of them kind of late. Uh, I'm looking at probably hammering like I was saying to JD there, uh, an elite quarterback like Drew Brees or and an elite tight end in my first two. Hammer and core or my running backs through uh, rounds three through five, probably, and then uh, picking up a, sh- a shit ton of quarterbacks. <laughs> so, so I have them is 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 probably my is probably my biggest plan right now because I know I can't trade the quarterbacks, but even still, like I'm going to be taking a guy like, and I think I'm going to get him at a discount too because, um. Well, he does. He's not really a starter right now, and that's that's famous, Jameis. Uh, also, he just kind of handcuffs him there with with Drew Brees, who who I'm trying to pick up. Another guy that I'll throw a dart at late um, is going to be uh, is Cam. I hope he's not signed by the time we end up doing these drafts. Jim, stop uh, giving all my my stop giving all <laughs> no doubt, eh? No, I'm just gonna oh, I'm just man. gonna take a bunch. I'm gonna take five tight ends, guys. Just write it yeah. down. I, I was gonna but say Jim. Jim's I'm going a top pick. heavy. Jim's I'm going a top pick. heavy. Back is like the the UFC's new like favorite kick, like the shin kick, because it just cripples everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, like him get, taking four or five quarterbacks. He yeah, you can't trade him, but you're crippling the rest of your league by doing that. Oh, absolutely. So you just true. have to build really well around those guys. And exactly. you're yeah, to, well, like you're I said, I'm, I'm thinking about going. Players. I think I'm going to go in top heavy, right? Like having a solid, at least one solid, solid quarterback, a um, couple solid running backs. And like I said, top heavy, I don't, I'll, I'll work the waiver wire when it comes, when it comes to uh, wide receivers, especially now when JD's telling me like, you can hit these fucking gems. I'm not a rookie wide receiver drafter. I'm going to be passing on the Jalen Ragers, even though I love them, the CD lambs, I'm passing on them. I'm waiting for guys to get a little frustrated by week six, seven, and grab them later. I'll grab the veterans. I'll work the wire. I know I can't trade, but like I said, I'm, I'm looking it. to go top heavy. Uh, I don't care about my bye weeks. I'm not looking at bye weeks uh, when it comes er- to every position, but quarterback. The quarterback, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be wide my my bye weeks for. But other than that, I'm just gonna be going top heavy, and then working the waiver wire. Like running backs, a pretty volatile position as it is anyway. We already know that uh, out of the top twelve, I think it's four are always switching in new from that weren't in there last year, right? There's uh whether it be injury or uh holdout or some some stupid right. reason. Or is it really just four? I thought it'd be more I nine. don't know. I I think it's really I think it's six, but I don't want to sound like too anxious with that. <laughs> but uh, 
but uh for sure for sure there's there's always volatility in that um tight end seems to be stable at the top like i said like your, your top three top four guys seem to be um repeatable definitely the top two which is another reason why i'm thinking uh, maybe even double tight end but like i said i want top heavy starting roster i want the i want the set it and forget it tight ends i i want um, at least one starting quarterback that I can uh, just feel comfortable having. And then my super flex, like I said, I'll take the shot. Um, there's a guy, I don't think we said the points per game total, but he scored as number six. Uh, if you I want to go back and check it out, because I don't really want to say his name, because he's a guy that I have uh, on my radar as another quarterback that I want. <laughs> um, yeah, but he, he was number six in points per game in this in this in the scoring. If you went a full season, and he's a guy that I guarantee people are going to forget about due to recency bias. So yeah, that's that's me anyway. Hey, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love. Yeah, baby. I love. I love that, Jimmy. Yeah. So just to kind of recap some of these uh, these interesting scoring uh, settings, uh, definitely on the on the QB, it changes things up. Uh, so passing TDs were six. Uh, completions worth 0.5 and incompletion minus one uh, interception minus four pick six is uh, minus two and uh, QB sack is minus two uh, and a two point conversion uh, pass uh, TD is worth uh, two points. So definitely picking your quarterback and picking them wisely, whether that's early uh, or late, uh, I think is going to be pretty important here. And um, you know, I think the t- the tight end premium, uh, aspect of this too. I mean, Kelsey would have been scoring over 20 points a game um, when you apply the uh, 2020 uh, Scott Fishbowl rules to 2019. So tight end um, and, you know, JD has got me thinking hard at the 112 spot, just hammering um, hammering Kelsey and Kittle and letting everybody else panic at, at tight end in the Transformers division. But I'm going to let that marinate a little bit, a little I'm- bit more. I'm not so sure uh, Kelsey makes it to the 12 spot, boys. Like, I, I think Kelsey's going earlier than the 12 right. spot. Which is why, like, like I was saying like, earlier, like I might go Kelsey gym? 109. Well, you, you got Aiden, Kelsey, and Breeze. Like, I don't think you're going to get that because I don't think Breeze is going to make it all the way to the 204. So, it's it's interesting. If you get that, you're laughing. But uh, yeah, we'll I think see. those guys, those guys are going to be pushed up like Kelsey and Kittle. I can see both of those guys going in the first round. So it's going to be like, it's the unpredictability of, of the so Scottish boy. I'm going to give JD. a shout and I'm going to help the peeps. We, we do uh, the toolbox on the goat district and we uh, shout out like a, a, a site or a tool that we use. So I'm going to shout out the FF engineer. He's got the SFBX mock ADP. So he's got like 27, mock drafts right now and you can check out the dp on those so it'll give you guys an idea on on some of this stuff that we're talking about where where these specific quarterbacks are going running backs the tight ends so like right now kittle according to this was going 15 almost 16 and kelsey was going 12 at the 12.7 so So literally on that turn so you could hit them both from the nine potentially Interesting. Essentially, hmm. um, that actually leads into another question I was going to ask you guys. Like, um, so I obviously do mock drafts like the rest of you, and obviously I do uh, some of them to better myself. But 
there's some where I just fuck with them and, and try to skew the ADP just a little bit. I was wondering if I'm the only one that does, <laughs> I'm the only one that does that a little bit, but so I don't um, do mock. I only do best balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's why, like I, I'll do the mock drafts where, like, I mean, yeah, it is a little bit to just see how your roster constructions will look, but like, there's been mock drafts where I, I've hammered, you know, like triple triple tight end and uh there's been mock drafts well there's been real drafts where i've hammered five five quarterbacks to start the draft and uh just put a crippling value on the rest of the league but um i don't know like i said like i skew value sometimes right like like uh, if, if alexander madison's adp is high on mock drafts that's probably because sometimes i grab him in round two just to fuck with guys like i don't know that's just me <laughs> See, for, for me i think the thing with that is if, if i'm doing mock drafts for the sfb i'm only practicing strategies that i can see myself employing in the draft right like going so outside of the box like that for me and totally jim like not to discount your strategy as well because i've seen that shit work for you in drafts um <laughs> for me like I, i'm a very risk averse player right so to take those kind of risks in the SFB draft that is the biggest tournament. It's not somewhere I'm going to take those kind of crazy roster deviation um, oh. risks, right? Like I'll take some risks on some high upside guys that could have zero floor, um, you know, the higher variance players and whatnot, but to take those big leaps on um, trying to plan on fucking over the other people in the draft essentially i, I personally oh, I won't do that in the fs like in the actual draft but like in the mocks in the mocks i kind of i kind of yeah. skew some adp every once in a while and i don't want people knowing exactly what i'm going to be running yeah, either right like if you're in that I, mock and somebody else is doing that I, you're probably cursing that guy out <laughs> not in the mock because like i said in the mock it doesn't um i really don't want like yeah i said like so okay, here here's it is like if I'm mocking with you, Trav and and Will and JD and some guys that I'm really close with, yeah, I'll draft how I'm trying to draft. I'm trying to draft some strategy. I want to talk, bounce some ideas off you guys. That's awesome. I'm drafting with uh, sleeper bot seventy two and uh, you know a bunch of <laughs> bunch of guys I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want you know all my strategies. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Mock, mock draft with sharks is basically what Jim's saying. If you want the oh, true, if you want the true experience, mock draft with people who not, are uh, not maybe not, not even sharks, sharks just uh, guys, know, guys know you can lean doing. on, right? Yeah. Guys that, that that you're bouncing DMs off of for for Twitter or for trades and go. stuff, right? Like there you go. I consider those guys sharks. Here's a yeah. here's an here's an idea, and I and I love what JD was saying. Like with the best ball, because there's a little bit of money on the line. Maybe it's something that we can talk to Scott Fish about. Is doing a Scott Fishbowl best ball. I dig that. Let's get As into well. like a, one of the satellite tourneys or something. I don't know. If, uh, hey JD, do you know if the 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 regular SFB entrants are allowed to play in the satellites or? I don't oh, think so. So yeah. It's no, not encouraged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I get that too, right? Like let everybody play. Um, yeah. But that's interesting. Yeah. It'd be fun to find a platform that can allow us to do this exact scoring. Um, kind of like a safe leagues. Yeah. I guess you could do that. Yeah. Go into safe <laughs> leagues. I've actually never played on safe leagues. That's something that I kind of want to try out. But um, I think it would be cool to play out like a full management season where you can trade um, with this scoring would be pretty wild. Yeah, for sure. So guys, I think that we've really hit on a lot of good strategies and uh, some awesome in insights from some vets and people that have actually won some divisions. Uh, JD, that uh, that was awesome and really, uh, really great that you've, you've taken down the, 
division and uh, also Mark who, you know, he's taken down some big dogs too. And I think that you guys provided some great insights, but wanted to talk a little bit, um, a little bit away from the strategy. And now that we, other than, other than Trav, I think that you're going to get the Misfits oh, boys division, buddy. That's, that's, that's where you're headed for sure. That fits. That fits. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that. That fits me. Yeah. But I just want to be a dentist. Wanted to see toy um, over here. <laughs> wanted to see if we've thought about team names. I know a lot of it's sometimes dependent on the players that we have, but wanted to throw it out there if uh, if there's been any kind of spitballing ideas on on team names. Uh, throw it over to you, uh, JD. Yeah, I, I mean, I pretty much all my rosters are unless there's a theme or something or, or go District FC. But for this one, I got to go with uh, what my boy MJ gave me uh, with Optimus Goat. You know, yeah. rocking all that gear and not even uh you know put that as my roster name so i'm gonna go with optimus goat yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in uh on that too since we're in the same division and it's maple tron or bust for me and i probably playing my cards a little bit uh for for our boy uh chase claypool from lovely abbotsford bc you're gonna, but you're uh, just gonna endear yourself to him if anything buddy Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. So I, uh, I'm a hundred percent settled on, on the name, uh, mostly just to continue this rivalry that, uh, that JD and I have, uh, started all in good fun, of course, and really excited to be playing each other. So, uh, what about you, Jimmy thought of, thought of, thought of some team names? Yeah. So I go in, I usually go in, uh, with a standard team name and then I change it up when I get a draft. I, I use I'm actually usually uh, I I like to switch it up weekly, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, wow. yeah I, I used to I used to, try to switch it up Love weekly, it. but it gets kind of uh, confusing <laughs> if you're trying to make trades with me. So I'll probably just stick with one. Uh, but I usually go in with the friendly Canuck, but this time I'm going to go in with uh, a tribute to uh, two two greats there with uh, Chase Claypool and Kobe, and I'm going with the Maple Mamba nice. uh, to nice. start it off. I like it. I love it. I love it. I love that. I, love I haven't thought of any because I haven't been placed in a division or gotten a draft spot yet. <laughs> in case wanted to know. Trevor, are you sure you're uh, you're in the tournament, right? You got the email? Shut your fucking mouth, Will. <laughs> yes, I am all right. Um, yeah, no, I was I was actually stoked for Hot Wheels because there's like I played with Hot Wheels. You had the car mats out with your buddies, pretending like this is your crib over here. This is his crib over here, and you're going to drive. So I was pumped about the Hot Wheels for that. And there's so many, like, cool names for the cars. Well, um, yeah, Ty's still doing it. Like, yeah, he's no, still no, playing. Yeah. You're going to get the uh, American Doll no, Division. No. Yeah, yeah. Their, they brought their fucking That would be awesome. Do you still have one of those car mats? Because I'll go oh, over geez. and play. Oh, geez. oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Save me a dime. I and need Ty, a dime to call laundry, Ma. You get the laundry. Yeah, call Ma. <laughs> Ty, what you do is you get the laundry detergent out and you pretend it's snowing on the car mat. You get the laundry detergent <laughs> out and then it's a snow day all over town. Wow. See, that's what us in BC had to do to replicate you, Ontario weirdos. They were just like, oh, yeah. shut the fuck. <laughs> are, you, are you sure it was? It's like was every day. Get out of my. Yeah, another white. I, don't know, I only drove in the summer. Around or what? It was nice. <laughs> Ty, and you still you're still divisionless too, right? 
I am. And I think I'm just going to be that classic guy who's the worst and sticks with like Tyrell's terrific team all year. Won't change the game. (laughs) There's always like that one guy in the fantasy league who just doesn't change his name all year. And you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? But I will, I'll do the, like, you know, a pun on whatever division I get in or obviously a player team name. Um, what do you guys think of my, I'm in the tragically hip division in the CFF, whatever. And um, my team <laughs> is so and You're so close to having the, the real main, like you couldn't have just done it, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I have, is it BL? Is it BL? Am I just missing about your team, geez. Carry on. Hey, at least you but, uh, only have one quarterback in that division. Spectacular team name. True. Probably yeah, one so of the greatest albums. Don't worry about my team names. I'll have a good one. That is, that is true. My one team name in that league is not fitting. I, I call myself Cold Calculations, and there is nothing cold about my calculations. And <laughs> I guess the last thing you can say, like, <laughs> like last place is cold because it's, it's not fire. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, you're that's okay. Tra- your charity is going to get some money, so that's good. My team yeah, name is uh, my team name in that is Corderelia because I fucked up and accidentally auto drafted Cordero Patterson. <laughs> as I, actually, so, uh, I figured the team name had to go along with that, and uh, Cordelia happens to be my favorite hip song, so I thought it worked Ooh, pretty that's well. That's a win-win. That's a, I still got. I still got. I know he's not uh, on here, but I got not sure about there. win-win on that one, Willie. Really. <laughs> at ahead, least it. At least you draft in uh, Cordell Cordell Patterson, still better than taking uh, Teddy B as your only quarterback in a super flex basketball. <laughs> Old strategy called. Oh, the worst is you guys are going to lose. Guys, to, Teddy. To blow, you guys are going to lose to blow at High Falls. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I think Teddy you have David Blau, might be a quarterback to target in Blau, this basketball. I think you're right too. He's going to be efficient. There's going to be short targets to DJ Moore and CMC. Easy ass completions. I really like the Teddy B call, Ty. Yeah. <sighs> okay, Ty. man. Look I at thought what, we almost made it out of this thing. Did, and it's going my... to be a similar system. But uh, I was really hey, hoping Ty, he didn't made it talk, over that same have divisions. Yeah, you guys are divisionalists. So. <laughs> yeah, so um, what we say doesn't matter. Why don't we... Um, I know that... Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> we're uh, we're what shirt is that? That's that's that... uh, one he won, he said. With, uh, that's with the 69 sweet. on the back. Nice. I got you, Batman belling out. Those are awesome. <laughs> I, got, I got an what, eagle. What was that other Funko? Guy. Beep, 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 beep. Hey, what was that <laughs> other Funko? Hey? Is that the karate kid? That's GSP, he said. No, it's oh, GSP. I was like, what is that? <laughs> is that uh, Daniel Russo? <laughs> we've got a few questions here, um, guys, from, from Twitter. <laughs> and I think that uh, since the divisionless people can't talk about their names, it's probably a good time to uh, answer some of these great Twitter questions that uh, nice, that some well. of the True North um, fantasy football uh, loyal, loyalists have uh, have written in with. And I know that they uh, were pretty pumped that uh, JD and, and Mark were going to be on the show. So, uh Chaboy J Rich uh writes in and he wants to know uh who's a player in the first three rounds you absolutely cannot draft or you will suck. I need 
answers. What do you guys think? I'll uh, I'll throw it over to uh, to Ty. Who who in the first three rounds you cannot you cannot draft, um, or you'll suck. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take an outside of the box answer uh, because you know I hate answering questions the way they're asked for some reason. But I'll say any tight end who's not an elite tight end. So Mark Andrews falls into this bucket, in my opinion. I also think any quarterback outside the top 20 and whatever your rankings are, these are the players to avoid in Scott Fishbowl in the top three rounds. That, that'll that be my answer. Love it. JD, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm looking. There's guys that are obviously it, it's hard, right? Because the guys that I'm looking at that might not hit are guys that are at a position that are going to be very valuable in this tournament, like the Aaron Jones. CEH is risky, right? You, you pick up a guy like CEH. I love the situation, and I, and I love as much as Trav was saying, like you don't want to get too risky and all that. I feel like, again, this might be my poker background, but when you're playing an MTT or you're playing in a big tournament, you kind of want to take those risks. You know, you, you want to have that team that's completely different. Anyone that plays DFS understands like those, those you know, the million dollar whatever on a weekly you got to have the most obscure. You got to have like Rex Grossman launching the ball to, you know, I don't even <laughs> know. I'm trying to think who was even catching the ball back when he was playing, but uh, you, you just, you want to, you want, you really want to differentiate. And, and, you know, Ty, you were asking when we first started this show, when you're building your roster, are you thinking like to get to the playoffs? Or are you thinking to like win the whole thing? And I feel like now, actually, now that I think about it, I'm going to play this thing to win the whole thing. And I want my team to be Bingo. different and differentiate. Yeah you know, and, and, and have those, those advantages on a weekly basis. So again, it's all about being fluid and making that advantage based on how your opponents are drafting. Uh, but I, I think that that might actually be the key to, to this whole, uh, this whole tournament. I love it. Trav, what, what do you think? Hank, Hank basket. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't you be smirch Hank's name. All right. Don't you be smirch Hank's but Hank basket. Hey, uh, <laughs> he remembers him because he only remembers yes. Rex Grossman because he almost beat Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. <laughs> he almost, <laughs> almost, really, almost. Yeah, Did I know. you watch that Super Bowl? um so for me uh, i watched the kickoff return for a touchdown turned her off baby yeah yeah. (laughs) better than the with the kickoff with the uh offside uh the onside kick that's right that's right okay boys so i'm gonna bring us back on the rails just a smidgen here if that's cool (laughs) my guy that i'm not gonna draft in the first three rounds actually i think um big willie style i saw uh, a comment on that post and one of them was devin singletary and i think if anyone's taking devin singletary in the first three rounds they uh yeah i don't know if that was that you go I, po- I posted that everybody's saying what are you talking about hey i've seen it in best balls i've seen right. it in dynasty drafts startups people are taking him in the top three men do not take that, that man. Is no no don't rude. tell him not to take him go ahead and take him yeah. if you're yeah. in yeah the right. rubik's cube division Vision, go ahead and take Devin Singletary. Singletary. <laughs> another guy that uh, another guy that sketches me out a little bit is uh, is Jonathan Taylor, actually. Whereas in like a regular redraft, I'm going to be hey, hammering whoa, whoa, whoa. him. Uh, no, hey, nothing, JT's nothing wrong with JT. Um, I just think you know there's a lot of uh, potential for his early season to be a little bit bumpy. Uh, so I think if I like top three rounds, right? Top three rounds for me if I'm taking a running back needs to be a stalwart with solidified work. And I just yeah. don't think for me that uh, Jonathan Taylor's work is that solidified yet. 
um if we see it going like obviously the drafts are soon enough so we're not going to see like training camps and things like that but uh for me there's just it, it looks like as a, as opposed to Clyde Edwards Hilaire I think early season as rookies I think Clyde probably gets more of that work whereas JT's probably going to have to share some time until till he establishes and in the first three rounds I just want a little bit more certainty than that I'm I, I say this as like a very risk averse player you can ask Ty he he says that he's never seen me accept a trade that I lost so um, I think uh, that's kind of how I, how I'm playing is I just want to take, <laughs> but, but even if you want to get risky risk even if you want to get risky you probably you probably don't want either one of those two guys as your RB1 you know that's like fair. if, you're, if fair, you're, yeah. you're RB2 maybe they give you that upside in this type of tournament that you need but definitely not as your RB1 in my opinion yeah and I think the difference for Clyde is that um you know I think he's one of those guys who depending on how the draft falls and where the tiers are at in the draft, he's one of those guys that, okay, I will take that risk on a guy like him. Whereas Jonathan Taylor, as we, you know, if it gets to the back of the second round, that's a little bit more sketchy for me. So I might be looking for maybe somebody maybe at a different position who's a tier above. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be, floor, it's gonna be right? interesting he to watch that. The floor. It's the yeah. floor that he offers versus JT who doesn't because the pass catching, right? Which is super funny because in Dynasty, I actually have JT over Clyde. So uh, it's total total deviation from my regular uh, philosophies. But I think that's the beauty of Scott Fishbowl is it just makes us think different. Mm -hmm. it, it's just different. <laughs> hey, like, Jimmy, nope. <laughs> anybody else other than Singletary, you're, you're a hard pass on in the, in the top um, three rounds? So this is going to be a little uh, shocking to say, but just because of where he's drafted. I mean, you're not going to suck, but it's just relative to where you're going to take him and the positional value I see him going at. And I really think it's Kyler Murray. Uh, I think a lot of guys are going to be reaching on Kyler. And I just think, the, especially in this scoring format, I think the positional value here, um, you're going to find that you could probably hit somebody else, wait a little bit, and grab a quarterback that's either equal or better than than Kyler is going to be. Uh, like I said, you're not going to suck. It's hard to say you're going to suck when you have a Kyler Murray, but I think you're going to fall short of expectations when it comes up to the ADP value that you're going to have to place on him in this scoring format. Hey, just real so, quick, Jimmy, I, I like that because uh, you're probably going to have to take Kyler early second round. And when we look at the scoring for SFB, uh, SFB 10, Kyler Murray was the quarterback eight last year and he was the quarterback 13 in the Scott Fishbowl scoring. So that's your second round pick that's finishing outside the top 12 at his position. So I like that. Like, I like how you said, you know, you're not going to suck. But at the same time, just be cautious about where you're drafting him because um, in a normal dynasty draft, I've seen him go up at the 106, and I got no problem with that in a super flex league, um, but not in this format, right? Uh, yeah, not not in this format. I don't, think he, I don't think he makes it out. You guys think he makes it out of the first, Myri? No, no, I don't. Probably not, I, I don't. But I think he should make it out of the first based on this scoring he will. format. He will. So FFPP. Going, he's going in the 12 spot right now in the FFPC as the QB3. So if you think about the nature of this tournament and how often those QBs are going to go, he's going in the QB3 or 4 in pretty much every draft I've been at in. And so yeah, I feel uh, it's I either been out of the first. Him or Dak has been the consensus QB3 Close that I've been seeing. Yeah. But, but, but um, change my answer, Trav. I'm going to go Josh Allen. Uh, Josh oh, Allen probably you is, took is my bill, man. man. You took if my you bill. Will, but you know what? You're gonna steal all my players in that turn, anyways. So, no, but you got to think about. You guys are right. Those quarterbacks, right? 
in, incompletions, you know, uh, interceptions, interceptions, like yeah. Now being drafted at his ceiling. There's so many red lights with John Shallon, so he'd be my pick as the avoid. Sorry, I mean it. No, you do, you, that's that's perfect. I I didn't want to slander uh, Bills Mafia anymore. We've uh, we've been hard <laughs> hard at him. Um, wanted to uh, look at a uh, question. They take from, everything on the chin. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I take everything through a table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our. Uh, our boy uh, Josh Nelson, who we're super pumped to have on the True North team, he yeah, writes in with, uh, "Who is your biggest riser after pouring over scoring fa- format for SFBX?" I think that I might be able to kind of uh, sum this up for all of us pretty nicely and wrap it in a bow. And I don't think there's anybody else that raised up higher than Drew Brees on everybody's boards with the scoring format. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. No, no you're, right. you're right. Tell man. Me. You're right. Um, I think it's evident in the fact that all of us said that we would take Drew Brees in the first round, right? Um, you know, I think maybe it's boring for all of us to have the same answer, but I don't think um, I don't think that's the wrong answer. There, you know, there's not necessarily a wrong answer because fantasy is a matter of opinion and luck. But uh, I think I think Drew Brees has got to be the one that stands out the most. Yeah, I would. And, and honorable mentions, I would say Cousins and Bridgewater are, are my two. Uh, and, like and, and one actually, one guy we haven't mentioned that I've loved until now, and I'm he's gonna bring it up, aren't you? You're gonna you're gonna let out the bag of my quarterback, aren't you? <laughs> like here it is, right here. I, I'm I'm not going Minshew. I'm going. No, I'm going it's not Minshew because I feel like Jimmy G is gonna get disregarded. I mean, here's the thing, right? Jimmy G was a buy for me big time until now. Obviously, Debo's gone, so. He's probably, he's going to, I'm just saying this, like Ty mentioned, people overreact. I feel like Jimmy G, because of Debo not being there, is going to drop very significantly. And he's still one of these more accurate guys that are going to be playing a shorter, you know, like he's, he's not necessarily going to be slinging the ball and throwing interceptions. Ty, I'm going to give it to you because it's got to be something really smart than what I have to say right now. Sorry, no, I just, uh, my problem is my phone died halfway through this and I'm outraged because it was plugged in so that it doesn't make sense. But long story short, I just wanted to put my hand up like, hey, Will, throw me in after JD. I'm coming in because there's like a slight lag. But what I'm saying is Jimmy G embodies almost everything we've talked about tonight where he is a guy we're bumping up the board in this format, but he's also a guy who once Debo returns, which is imminent, whether it's early in the season or not, uh, he will be back eventually, and he's a guy that once he's back, we could see that offense transform like it did once post-Emmanuel Sanders trade last year, and he's a perfect guy. That's all I mm-hmm. want to see. And Lower. you've said everything you've said is perfect. <clears throat> totally. Low, uh, lower volume, high yak from his receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like that pick a lot. And, and an efficient offense that gets guys open and uh, will allow for uh, maybe a higher completion percentage. So good call out on that one, Goat. Give me, give me a Can Goat on that, Goat. <laughs> it's, mu- it's music to it's music to my ears. I love and it. Can I? Uh, I'll, there, I'll give you one. I'll give you oh, one. He's got, um, he's got something brewing. Oh man, I'll I'll bust it out because I'm sure uh, by this point it'll still remain a sleeper. Um, it's Matt. It's Matt Stafford, man. Oh yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah. It, it's Matt Stafford. The recency bias of his broken back from carrying an organization that clearly doesn't care about him. Um, and his point, <laughs> his points so per game are, his points per game are unreal. Like he was the QB six points per game, and he's another guy that you can grab late and you can stack. He's a he's a great 
QB two, I think in this super flex format, if you're going to go top heavy, man, uh, he was, he was part of the only, he was a team that had, uh, the only team that had two, uh, wide receivers in the top five in red zone, uh, targets last year. And, Kenny G and Marvin Jones. And one of those guys was tied for, like I said, I believe it with on your uh, pod there, JD, that uh, Marvin Jones led the league in red zone touchdowns tied with Michael Thomas with eight, but he did it in three less games, eight less uh, targets and six less uh, receptions. So uh, yeah, he's boomer bust, but, but uh, clearly with, with Stafford there and Stafford's going to be the one everyone wants Galladay. And there's guys like me that are taking Marvin Jones late, but the linchpin in that is, is Matt Stafford. Uh, so like I said, he, he is a guy that, that I'm going to be targeting late. When I go top I heavy. It. I love it. The next question was about uh, quarterbacks, but I think that we've really, really hit on it, uh, boys, uh, in 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 the uh, in the quarterback department, and just how important it is to uh, to get the to get the right one and uh, seek some value there. Um, I think to to end it off, I think it would be uh, fitting for us to talk about who we're who we're playing for. Uh, you know, Fantasy Cares, obviously. Um, a, a great charity that Scott Fish has done, but uh, he's opened it up for us to be able to donate to uh, to anybody that's out there, given the you know the uncertain times that we're we're all facing in our communities, and there's a lot of good causes out there. So um, throw it over to throw it over to you, Trav, and then go uh, Ty, Jimmy, and uh, JD if you want to give the charity, and uh, then then I'll then I'll wrap it up for us, boys. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks, Will. So I uh, actually, Cam H, you mentioned it earlier, uh, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. So when I first got the invite, uh, I was stoked. I think everybody, you know, it's Christmas morning when you get that email and it's got the little fishbowl and says you've been invited. It was actually a great email written out by Scott this year. Um, and so I went and I donated to uh the Center for Addiction and Mental Health then. Um, and I'm not necessarily sure exactly where I'm going to go um, for more stuff. I kind of, I, I do want to donate some to Fantasy Cares. And then we as a group over at True North, we actually talked in the uh, group chat about all kind of throwing down a little bit to uh, to make a, a nice little sum on behalf of True North. So um, something in the works, we will announce it prob probably, but uh, I'm not 100% sure where else I want to donate yet. I do want to give some to Fantasy Cares. Uh, and then I want uh, the True North crew to do something kind of as a team there so um that's where i'm going and uh, i just love the spirit of this it's uh, it's really cool so ty where are you going at uh definitely the human fund of course uh <laughs> no i'm kidding uh for all the seinfeld fans or anybody's not you know <laughs> super old i apologize but i i hadn't really considered it to be honest because we we have been doing the whole logistical thing like we're gonna do something on behalf of true north fantasy football and i'm very excited to do that because if anything that we can represent canada it is you know the the good nature that we all carry uh i think i'm going to actually just jump on a bandwagon whether it's saint jude's or whether it's uh even twice for tots or uh you know uh i, I haven't really decided is what i'm saying but I've also thought of looking into something about research development because I, I truly believe in like envir the environment and, you know, research and development and things like that. So maybe I'll do something unique and cool. I'm kind of waiting on us getting together and deciding what we do yeah. on behalf of True North Fantasy Ball, though. But I, I can't give four fish is done and, and PIs and what they've done with St. Jude's. I just think uh, these are the people that I have always tried to uh, emulate when it comes to how you carry yourself in this industry. And I know I've kind of 
flied in the face of that with having some drinks and whatnot on camera tonight. And I apologize for <laughs> some of my cut-ins and outs, but uh, you know, I, I'm new to this video, so a lot of angst no, it's there. All, it's all great. JD, baby. All get gravy. me out, get me off the hook here. Get me out of here. <laughs> Well, you're good, man. You're good. Yeah, like I similar. So I, I, I've been very active with uh, fantasy cares, just with the eliminators and you know the fishbowl and the potathon. Shout out to Sal and Kev, and we we participate every year. And I was explaining to you guys before we went on there. My participation has been kind of sketchy the first three years, so I'm trying to make up for it this year again. We'll be on uh, on the Monday morning, nice and bright and early. So when you grab your coffee, you, you can come on and uh, and see us on there. But those are the two uh, main ways that we have been participating with regards to fantasy. And because of this whole situation, it's something that I'm actually looking into. And uh, I've actually involved my wife and my daughter. And we're kind of looking at, uh, you know, we're narrowing it down to a charity that we actually believe in and, and care for and maybe moving forward, uh, help out as much as we can, whether that's time or money or whatever that is. So it, it's nice that, uh, you know, these uh, these little fantasy leagues that we're in ignite the fire in us to to be better right and that's kind of what it's all about so that that's where i'm at with uh with where we're looking at donations that's awesome goat and jimmy yeah so uh i'm obviously going to give give a donation to uh fantasy cares uh, that goes without saying um when i got that email that came through <clears throat> i was pretty ex pretty ecstatic it's just like everybody is i'm pretty sure uh, but I donated and I can, I'm going to plan to continue to donate, uh, to a local charity of mine that is uh, near and dear and that's, uh, food for kids, Niagara. Um, I know I don't look it, but at one point, uh, I was a little, I was skinnier fella. Um, <clears throat> but like I said, I've never, I've never had the, uh, I've never had the, um, the trouble of ever going to school hungry or wondering where my next meal was going to be. Uh, so I can't imagine what these kids go through, but, um, food for kids in Niagara, make sure that kids do get fed, um, that are going to school that just, that, uh, maybe aren't getting the right nutrition at home, uh, here in my, my personal community. So I actually see the money go to, uh, go right, right back into my community. And, uh, like kids can't, can't learn. It's been statistically proven that, uh, they don't learn on an empty stomach as well. So it's, uh, it's really important to me that uh, the, 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 the youth stays um, educated because uh, we need an educated population to, to keep growing, right? Like, so, so that, that's for me. And uh, if you guys want to find them on Twitter, uh, they have a bunch of different branches. Uh, Food for Kids uh, Hamilton, I think, is one. Toronto, uh, they're all over. But uh, So you can find them at Food4, it's the number four, and then Kids, K-I-D-S. Then uh, when you get to that, a bunch will come up. But like I said, for me personally, I'm going with the Niagara branch, so it's N I A G. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm actually playing for them in the uh, best ball league there with the Gord Downey too, right? So I'm doing uh, I'm doing a lot. So hopefully I can win the Scott Fish uh, Bowl division. And I've uh, I've already made a pledge to to say if I win if I win that division, I'm I'm going to put up another hundred dollars to uh, to to that charity. Beautiful. Awesome. Awesome, Jimmy. All, all great causes, guys. And I think that, you know, we've hit on it a bunch of times, but it's really about us coming together as a, as a community and giving back to, you know, the whole community and also our, our local communities, right, as a, as a whole. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm super excited to be able to share out what, uh, what True North is doing as a group, but as my own individual contribution and for the Canadian National Best Ball Champions League, uh, my charity is going to be uh, KMH, as I talked about, so about mental health and uh and addiction 
so re really important. But again, there's there's no uh, there's no bad charities. And wanted to say a big thanks uh, to you, JD. Thanks for coming on. Uh, if you guys aren't listening to his podca podcast, the Goat District, you know it's one <laughs> of the. <laughs> It is a must. It's a must listen to, and um, and if uh, if I can quote JD, if if you aren't listening to it, you're you're doing it wrong, um, and that and that's for sure. All of uh, all of the True North crew, uh, we'll make sure that their uh, our uh, Twitter handles are all in the this YouTube video. But you know, Trav at TCL fourteen, uh, we got uh, Ty at uh, TNFF, uh, Tyrell, and uh, my boy Jimmy Nastic at Gold Jacket QBs, and. Got to give a shout out to uh, to Mark. I hope he's not detained somewhere in uh, <laughs> uh, in China. But wanted to give a big shout out to him, and uh, you can follow uh, follow him at Master June Seventy. He goes by Minshu Brofist, and again, super super talented uh, graphic designer. And uh, again, JD, thanks for thanks for the wisdom today, man. I'm uh, I've definitely taken a lot of notes. And uh, Mark as well. I mean, these savvy vets have been through this, right? They've they've had teams that have won. They've had teams that have lost. So um, I always look up to uh, to people that have been there before, and 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 they're speaking the truth. And I know that they're honest, good guys. So give everybody here a follow. And wanted to just say uh, say thanks, and let's have a ton of fun in the Scott Fishbowl Ten. And I wish everybody luck. And hey, Ty and Trav, maybe you'll get your division sometime this month. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the Barbie division. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, I'm down. I got two daughters, man. I'm cool with that. Just get me in, man. I got lots of Barbies up upstairs. Like we got the Barbie camper. We got it all, man. I'm I'm straight with that. Um, real quick, Will, just before you ride out, I just want to mention that uh, of course, go check out uh <laughs> they're playing with their effing toys. I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> Um, just yeah, real quick. I just want to make sure um, you know you mentioned uh, JD's Twitter handle. Definitely go out check check out the podcast at Goat District. And I'd be remiss if we didn't mention his host Dan, who we have tabbed Dan. an honorary Canadian at Overhype Sleeper. That guy is fantastic analysis and human being wise. So Amazing make guy. sure you check out Dan's content. Uh, he's usually chilling with Goat. Um, and then lastly, I uh, just you know anybody who Minnesota, is checking, eh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anybody who's checking out this video, please make sure you give our YouTube channel a uh, uh, subscribe. It's brand new. We're trying to build the subscriber base. We want to set uh, a good foundation for some video content moving forward. And uh, we plan on having JD uh, JD on a bunch more. So if he's the draw, just know that he'll be back again. Uh, <laughs> I doubt and, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, other than that, check out all of our work at truenorthffb.com. We've got a bunch of guys joining the team recently, and we really appreciate those guys and just the commitment that they've shown to the brand. So that's just kind of my little True North plug there is, uh, and I say that because I'm super stoked about the direction that we're headed. Uh, I really love this team. I love the, the styles. I love the personalities, and I love just the commitment to the brand. So uh, I know, you know, as, as a group, we really appreciate that from, from our team at True North. Um, and then we appreciate the um, gracious appearance from the GOAT himself. So uh, thanks, guys, for listening. really appreciate that. All right, giddy up, boys. Peace. <laughs> that was fun, man. Nice, guys. Yeah. I loved it. Thanks, JD. JD, I actually want to talk to you um, a little bit about uh, uh, Curtis Patrick. You said you had him in your division last year, eh? I did. 
Do, did he uh, – do you know any tendencies by any chance? He's the one-on-one in uh, my division. Funny because he's actually – He's in my pros versus Joe's too this year in, in FFPC. Yeah. But yeah, eh? his roster last year. So he was picking from, let me see. He was picking from, oh, he was on the 11 spot. So he was in your neck of the woods, right? You're at the end, no? Yeah, I'm at the nine. I like so to be near the end where I don't, like you guys were talking about 